Do a quick test. I was trying to burp and I almost threw up. Um, lovely. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Milestone. Cannot even believe it. Episode 50 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today on this scorching hot Saturday, July 20th, 1216 p.m., I'm joined by my bearded and sweating brother-in-law, Ryan. <laughs> yep, what, those what, are two attributes that describe me right now. What's going on over there? It, well, it's been a while. It's been a month recorded. almost. So our last episode that we uploaded was June 23rd, right before we went on vacation in Alaska. Yes. And we have a lot to share about that, so stay tuned. But we got back from Alaska, and I contrained, or constrained? How do you... Contracted. Contracted. That's the C word I'm thinking of. Constrained. Constrained the flu. (laughs) There's my dad calling. Yep, right on time. He does every episode. Even after a month, it's right, like... Yep. It's like clockwork, people. It's like clockwork. Anyways, uh, yeah, I got a virus. I got an ear infection. I got this sinus stuff, and... It was not good, but of course, Ryan, Lauren, and I were all sharing a room, and I gave it to Lauren first, and then Ryan, yep. and Ryan came back from the cruise and was just not in good shape, so we couldn't record. We waited a, another week, because otherwise... Well, uh, yeah, I worked from home one day, and then I went into work, and I was like, okay, I got this. Like, if you want me here, I'll be here. I'll infect an office. Mm-hmm. Like, so we, It was an experiment to see like how fast I can infect 200 people in one room. And I got like three hours in and then my boss and his boss were like, yeah, you got to get out of here. (laughs) Like, we're not, take PTO, you got to go. Yeah. So I did. I I watched a a bunch of movies, Good Will Hunting. Great movie. One about the uh, interpreter for the um, World War II, the... uh, The Imitation Game? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch? Yes. Cumberbatch, great movie. Yep. And then there was one about Stephen Hawking. Kira Knightley's in that. I like her a lot, too. She was in the yes. Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she did a good job. Um, all worth watching. Cool. So. Well, we got a lot of movies that we got to catch up on that we watched over the past month. Yes. Several we watched on the cruise. And then, of course, no surprise, people. We went and saw Lion King opening night Thursday. It's yes. terrific. We'll get into all that at the end of the show. So are they technically considered spoilers if the movie came out like 50 years ago? The only thing, I guess, from a spoiler like perspective to that, one. that I'll warn people about is that there's just some differences, of course, that they like creative differences that they took with this live action remake as opposed to the ri- original. Some of them are just limitations between animated characters versus real life. Do we want to get into like unique things like the Pumbaa stuff or like and or do that later on? We'll leave it at the end week. of the episode. And okay. if people don't want to hear about it, then wait until you see the movie and come back to the episode. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. But I think we should just kick off the episode kind of talking through the Alaska trip. Yeah, okay. It was a good time. So. We went to Alaska, and we had three days on land, seven days at sea. We went with the parents, Ryan, myself, Lauren, and it was really good times. It was actually my first cruise that I'd ever been on, and fortunately for me, I didn't really start feeling the sickness until, well, I guess the first night on the cruise, which kind of sucked, but at least we had those three days on land. You looked awful on the train ride there. Yeah, I was not feeling hot, although we still had those, um, those daiquiris to kick off the train ride because yeah so the parents met some friends on the west coast in portland Mm -hmm. and then they met us up in anchorage 
And so when we got to Anchorage that first night, I'll tell you what, we had a lot of good food on the cruise. And your mom was like, hey, let's just go find some, like a street vendor. They, they're selling some hot dogs up the street. And I'm like, guys, we're in Alaska. Let's get some authentic But then they cuisine. said it was what? It was deer? Well, so we go up to this, this little uh, vendor and they had reindeer dogs. Yes. Like true reindeer meat. Like Rudolph. And it was amazing. Blitzen, whatever Donner. you want to, yeah, they were amazing. Part Santa. I think out of all the food we ate, that was my favorite thing. Yeah, no, it was really good. So, like, I got a spicy dog with um, like peppers and onions on it, and then they had this like really sweet plum, almost jelly that you put on. Mm-hmm. So it was the sweet and the spicy. It was great. And the giant bun too. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I haven't eaten in like well, we just got off of three planes. Yeah, and it was. What, like six o'clock, and it was still like noon equivalent? Yeah, plus, um, I mean, door to door between all the time zone differences, we would have been traveling for like 16 hours or something stupid like that. Yeah, well, our flight was like, we got there at six, mm-hmm. and then we lost four hours. Yeah, I'm not trying to do the math right now. It was a lot of hours, it was a long day, three flights, and like. DS's were dying and it was a struggle <laughs> yeah, to get their phone batteries. Were I'm like, corrupting. what game do I want to play? Because I've played this front for like nine hours so far today. Yeah. It, yeah. We'll get into all the games we've been playing recently. But it was a long day. The reindeer dogs were on point. Yeah. Great food. So, skip and if th- you go to Anchorage, eat one reindeer dog. Don't like think your stomach can hold two reindeer dogs. I made that mistake. And he was in pain. I was suffering. Yeah. But, um, we so flash forward two days. We were in Denali, which was breathtakingly beautiful. Yes. From there, we took a little bus ride to this train that was almost looked like the Hogwarts Express as it pulled up, and it was a ten-hour train ride, and basically took us to where we got on the cruise. Yeah, and Denali, for anyone who doesn't know, is the highest point in North America. Is it or, really? Yeah, in the United States. I did not know that. Yeah. So, pretty interesting, and 30% of the people see it because of the cloud covering, and we saw it the two days that we got to see it. Yeah, incredibly clear skies. If you follow me on social media, you can go, and some of the earlier posts that I had were of Denali. Yeah, you're pretty alive for that part. I was, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until I woke up the day of the train ride where I felt like, remember that night where I was sleeping, like talking in my sleep and rolling all over the place? We also didn't have air conditioning that night, and we were just sweating balls. (laughs) That was miserable. And we were just sitting there like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that was It was like 85 in our room. It was terrible. And like, we went into the hallway to cool off. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, yeah. I mean, you had three hot people in one room, and they're like, (laughs) it's bound to heat up. (laughs) Yeah, just a smidge, (laughs) just a few degrees. But... So yeah, we hopped on the train ride, finally got on the boat, and we had a heck of a time on the cruise itself, right? Yeah, it I mean, was great. It was the first three days we're seeing it cruising, and then we kind of made pit stops at different ports. Mm-hmm. Um, so we stopped in... Skagway. Skagway. We stopped in Juneau. Juneau. Juneau, <laughs> as Lauren calls it. Juneau is the state capital of Alaska, yes. and you actually, interestingly enough, cannot access the state capital <coughs> by car. Yes. You have to either fly in or use a boat, which is really interesting. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So in Skagway, we went on this uh, train ride up a mountain. You were sick. Mm-hmm. You wanted to better yourself and get better. So um, we, us four, went on this train, went up a mountain. It was beautiful. Um, rickety. You basically could look over the side of the rail, and it was just a sheer drop down the cliff. And then, uh, yeah, Janu, we did the uh, rail cars. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and then we also went on... That was the hike, right? Yeah. So, honestly, if we would have had the pro- proper attire, I would have been happy to, like, climb three miles or whatever the hike was. Uh, but we were wearing jeans and, like, sweatshirts. And at this point, like, Lorne is starting to get hit with disease. Yeah. And, like, I'm starting to get hit with disease. And that's when, like, Lorne and I's temperature were fluctuating. And you were kind of coming down. I was. From the high that is the flu and sinus infections. Mm-hmm. And we were starting to ramp it up. So, yeah, we we were on a cold spell before, had jeans, realized it's pretty hot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Then uh, next day was catch can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is what? It was the, is it the lobster capital? No, it's um, salmon capital. Oh, uh, yes. And, uh, yeah, that was a unique place. We didn't spend a lot of time in Ketchikan. Because like we got off the boat. Oh, that and was, it was the like, West Virginia yeah, of West Alaska. Vir- That's yes. right. Yeah. It was like just people flooring cars, bunch hookers, like fish, really expensive jewelry. Mm-hmm. And we we're like, you know what sounds good? Resting. Yeah. So I think is that the day that I watched Winnie the Pooh on the deck? Yeah, Christopher Robin. We yeah. did watch that on the deck. Yeah. So we kind of just used that as a rest day as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day was the fifth, which is my birthday. And that's the day that Lauren got quarantined. She did. So, yeah, she, when she went to the <laughs> boat doctor, he said, you need to be quarantined because you are potentially going to cause old people to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she, what she had was influenza A. And so people in the States typically get um, the vaccine for influenza B. And people kind of in Australia, I guess on the other side of the world. Get so the, it's the southern and northern hemispheres. Yeah. And so, of course... Lauren is not doesn't have the vaccine for A, so that's what she caught. Yeah, freaking Australians. Like it's probably the, the Australian guy that we saw like, in the airport. That yeah. asshole. Because he was friendly though. That's when he's yeah, a friendly host. He was of disease. He was <laughs> because pestilence. he's the one that we were talking to and having good times with or whatever. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> As he breathes on us, and that's how I caught it. Yeah, probably that wow. bastard. Yeah, because I was just sitting there watching him go to town on that sandwich. He went ham. Well, I think he was training for an Ironman because all the gear he was decked out with had all kinds of logos for Ironman like, I've, I've been traveling 36 hours, and it's like, oh, yeah. I, f- I keep forgetting Australia's, like, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, so Rusty's diseased. Lauren's quarantined to a room. Maybe having spent, like, the last, what, like, 10 days with you guys. Yeah, I was sick of you. I should get chicked out. Oh, we're talking about the disease. Yeah. Yeah. So I went down. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down to the doctors and I played like I bashed my eyes. Well, well I first went in and I was like, hey. They're like, okay, we'll give you a free checkup. So I'm like, oh, hey, my name's Ryan. They're like, are you with Rusty and Lauren? And I was like, dude, I'm basically a celebrity. Like I had my mask on. Yeah. Like you see the people in Japan a lot with those masks. Uh-huh. I was like trying not to kill the like three old couples in the waiting room. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm with them. They're like, we'll give you a free checkup. So I was like, okay, cool. So I went to the first doctor, had a really thick accent, and I was like... The guy that took your vitals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, so um, Rusty has these. Lauren's quarantined to his room, like just a laundry list. Like I could pull out a scroll. (laughs) Yeah. And like, here's everything that's wrong with all of us. He's like, oh... So even if you said you don't feel the effects of influenza, just saying you have it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm more worried about the strep throat I think I have. Yeah. Because 
Why not add that to the mix? Might as well. So I went in, didn't have strep, but uh, they like took my temperature and it, everything was in uh, Celsius. So I was, I think, like 0.2 degrees Celsius below like the cutoff of quarantine. Oh yeah. So this, you know, prideful bastards like. <laughs> Medications? <laughs> oh no 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 no! Those he are said, for rookies. <laughs> yeah, well that was that was stupid. But he was like, "Yeah, we, you should probably be quarantined." And I was like, "But it's my birthday, sir. Can I have some more soup?" And he was like, "Oh man, well if you can promise you're not going to kill anyone or get the entire ship sick, I can let you be free." And, and only, that's the night that you got trashed. Yeah, right. He's like, <laughs> no, Ryan, you need to go upstairs on floor 16 because your brother's going to get hammered because he hasn't eaten in like 20 hours and he's like seven beers and three margaritas yeah, in. He's like, yeah, you have some diseases. You can be free because it's your birthday. Just don't kill anyone. I was like, hey, Rusty, you want to get like have a few drinks? And you're like, dude, I'm, on, I'm at the bar already. <laughs> I'm basically tipsy. So it got to a point in the cruise where I was like losing my freaking mind. Like it got to the point where I couldn't even like look at your parents or look at you because it just pissed me off. And it wasn't anything you guys like did necessarily. It was just well, like, like you got pissed because I'm like, dude, I think I'm pretty sick. And you're like, dude, you're just being fucking paranoid. Yeah. Like you're just psyching yourself up. I'm sick of you. Like that was when we were, I was like, dude, we're watching Winnie the freaking poo here. And I was yeah. like, I'm pretty sure I'm sick. And then I took a week off of work because I was sick. Well, it got to the, that's how that, anything you guys said, I was just like, that's frustrating me. And so, because I mean, when you're in with your in-laws, like I love you guys, but it got to a point where it was like, that was supposed to be a vacation for your parents, like just those two, but also just Lauren and I, and for you to do your own thing and whatever. And, and this, there's nothing wrong with this, but we kind of did like everything together. Like we pretty much always ate meals Dude, together. And the thing is like, Dan and I are like, we should give them some alone time. And we tried but like even in um, Vancouver, we're like, oh yeah, let's give them some time. We'll get to that story. Yeah, and then like we ended up walking back. Like to two US. minutes later, we're like, oh man. And so what? that was kind of like the biggest thing for me. And then the <coughs> moment where we kind of had some time for just Lauren and I, she was quarantined. So I basically went to the other side of the ship at like around noon that day, and I was just putting down some Dos Equis. You know, yeah. I was just chilling with my DS, playing some Pokemon Soul Silver. I wasn't hurting anybody except my liver, and then. Got around like five or six, and I recognized that like I had only eaten breakfast, which I did not know. And so I, in went my up, defense, I went up to sixteen. When Lauren said you were going to see the doctor, I was like, okay, he's probably going to be quarantined too. I'll go up to sixteen, chill with her bro Bonifacio, <laughs> who was our our uh, bartender from the Bonifacio. Philippines that was hooking us up, listening to techno music. He was awesome. He had a tongue ring and stuff. And so I'm going up there, I'm having like the margarita, just chilling, and then these two <laughs> folks sit next to me, and they were a lot of fun, so we were just chit-chatting, hanging out, taking photos, sna- snapping some selfies, whatever, and then you got, th- you sent me that text, and you're like, hey bro, want a margarita? And I'm just like, yeah, come up and join us on 16. So we had another margarita, and at this point, things got a little blurry. Well, because it was, blurry. oh hey, it's your birthday, and you're, you might be sick. Shots. <laughs> oh yeah, and, that was when. What was like, her name? Megan. Tito's? Megan was Megan. asking us to do shots. She was doing Tito shots. I was like, I can't, I can't do that. And I was like, screw it. When she say it was gluten free, <laughs> yeah, she I was said, like, the only gluten free vodka. She's like, what do you want? I was like, hey, if it's gluten free, Tito's. <laughs> and we got a fist bump out of that one. But so we did like margarita shot, margarita shot to like end the night, and you're like. 
and she was like, hey, we're going to go off to dinner with his parents. Um, so uh, nine o'clock, you want to meet at a bar at six? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and like Bonificio was like closing out the bar. We took a, like a picture with him. So we're like, okay, we'll see you. Which is also on my Instagram. Check it out. Yeah. And uh, so she accidentally left her glasses there, which my dad found. And we went to get food. And then like. Boom! It hits Rusty. <laughs> like he's like midway through. He's like, you weren't stumbling around yet, and like, so we get we sit down to dinner, and like you're dazed. Yeah, it's like shit. Yeah, and like Dad gives. She's like, hey, these glasses, and you had the glasses around your neck. I'm like we should go find her, and I was like, oh god. And you were trying to eat some food. Slowed down. Tried to get you some water and some apples. Um. You hugged some like people in front of their family, and then we took you back to your room. Sounds about right. <laughs> See, the thing about me is, like, when I do get a little too far out there, thankfully I'm not like an angry person. No, you were really sympathetic. Yeah, I'm pretty typically pretty calm and chill, and yeah, I just like I was like, oh, like that shows you're a good person. Like, yeah, because I mean, I think typically, oftentimes, like people's true colors kind of come out when they're drunk, and they typically say what's really on their mind, and sometimes it's a little rough, but. Yeah, you just apologized, and we tried to feed you. Yeah. But anyways, that was your birthday. I have a list of things here that I want to talk about. Because as we're on the trip, I was making notes on my phone Mm -hmm. of just random things that happened. And so the first thing here, this is when my throat (coughs) started feeling scratchy. (laughs) I thought, okay, yeah, no, go ahead. Well, this is when my throat started feeling scratchy, and I wasn't really eating anything because the only thing that felt good was just like hot soup, and there wasn't a whole lot of that around. Um, so we, but we went to this pizza kitchen, which was hot as balls because the furnaces or the, uh, the ovens were like right there. So we kind of went out where these, uh, these benches were and Lauren and I got calzone. You got a calzone. Your mom got a slice of pizza or something like that. And we're sitting there chilling. What the hell was this? This is at this little pizza kitchen. Just wait a second. I'm getting to the good stuff. And Lauren's glass of water is sitting there. And this little cute grasshopper. Oh yeah, I was like, flies on her yeah. her glass, and we didn't want to kill it. So you grabbed, I think, the glass and put it over against the wall. He got on the wall, and he had like these really sticky looking feet, as grasshoppers do. Yeah, and he just looked just cool as well, heck. Yeah, he was out in nature, and I didn't want to kill him. And so Lauren called him Sticky Pads because he had little sticky pads for feet. And then Ryan thought it was appropriate to knight him. <laughs> yeah. And so That's what he became Sir Sticky Pads. So he was pretty cool. Yeah, he was. And he survived. Yeah, we didn't kill him. He's probably dead now. <laughs> but <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of other tourists came along after to kill him. Yeah, he lived a good life. And then another time, there's a, this is just another day, you, Lauren, and I were kind of exploring the ship. And I think it was post-breakfast, so, you know, we've had some coffee, some runny eggs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. some OJ. And yeah, uh, really good food just to, like, hype up breakfast. Oh, like, yeah. I had steak pretty much every meal. No, 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 I made it a mission. You did. To have steak and pineapple for every meal. And I was successful. Yeah. And I was sick of steak by the end. Yeah. I actually had my first steak after, like, a week of being back last night. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of... um just sick of food entirely after the trip. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was just not good. Uh, first few days of the buffet, though, really fantastic stuff. But anyway, so after breakfast one day, we were walking through the casino, and um, 
I, Lauren was like, Rusty, I got to go to the bathroom. In my bathroom, she didn't take a shit. And then I was like, yeah, I think I'd, I got to... Or no, I didn't go. I stood out there waiting for her. And we found you, a different floor. And you too. were there. Oh, yeah. We found a designated floor where we dropped like the, the bombs. the casino floor. Yeah, it was, it was the casino floor. And you were kind of just walking around. You started pacing. You're like, dude, I got to go. And I was like, all right, whatever. So Lauren came out. And she's like, where'd Ryan go? No, no, no. You went in at the same time Lauren did. Came out earlier than she did. Yeah. And I was like, dude... I'm in the mood now. Yeah. And I went in and I was there and I went into the first one, which happened to be the one you were in, like the far one. Oh, yeah. That's where you went. And it was just <laughs> destroyed, <laughs> like clogged, like not good. And I was like, okay, cool. That person was kind of an asshole. <laughs> and like I went to the one next to it and I, like, I, I did my thing. I went to wash my hands, and like someone, as I was walking out to wash my hands, someone who was in there to clean up, like came in, and he went to the far one, and like (laughs) I was washing my hands, and I'm just like putting my head down, like hurry, 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 and he like he was doing his thing, like at least three or like six flushes. I was like, please don't make that be rusty. (laughs) But anyways, destroying this guy. While you were in there, Lauren comes out and says, "Where is Ryan?" And I'm like, oh, after I came out, he had to go. And she's like, oh, peer pressure poops. Yeah. So I thought it was funny. So I added that to the thing. And then when we were in Denali and we were struggling to find a place to go to the bathroom, I told you, dude, the world's your bathroom in Alaska. It's like a urinary utopia. And yeah. then what was it? Uh, a fecal fantasy <laughs> was the other one. <laughs> I don't know. We were coming up with all kind of like alliteration yeah. things for using the bathroom. Um, so now we get into the really interesting stuff, Ryan. And that would be... What was the Canadian city we? Vancouver. Vancouver. That we went to. I have so, the entire Lauren's spreadsheet of our entire itinerary. Oh, up. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we ended the cruise, woke up one day. This was Sunday. No, yeah, this was Saturday. 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 And uh, we landed in Vancouver. Or we ended up in Vancouver. So a lot of people, I think, rushed to the airport, went home. We wanted to kind of explore Vancouver for a day. And so we went to a number of different places. It seemed like a really nice, clean, fun city. And then we were all kind of just getting to that well, point. Well, it's we because just... we went to the f- this forest, mm-hmm. right? And we looked at some giant trees and like... Some of them were a thousand years old. And some of the biggest slugs I've ever seen in my entire life. They were gross. And uh, yeah, we got to like this little town, kind of like a downtown... I don't even know what I'd relate it to. Well, Nothing very, that I can say on here. It was very touristy is what yeah. it was. And there was... Fashion was very prominent. Really... It was a crazy big Asian culture there, too. Yeah. Which was interesting. Um, just a lot of people. It kind of reminded me almost of New York City, even though I've never really been there. Uh, just people everywhere of all types of, mm-hmm. you know, ethnicities and everything like that. Um, a melting pot, if you will. Yeah, it was a good city. But anyways, things got interesting when we went to this coffee shop. You started feeling like crap. And yes. Lauren was getting sick of the parents because of whatever. She was just kind of getting fed up and antsy. And her and I were just like, I gave her a look. And I'm like, let's just get out of here and go do our own thing. And she was like, okay, that sounds good. So her and I started walking. And um, I don't know. We must have walked a couple blocks. And then it got to a point where things started changing. They missed us. Kind of like we walked through the portal to Narnia or something like that. You know, something was off. Like a, no, the portal to oblivion. <laughs> yeah. In Elder Scrolls. And so we look to our right and there's this alleyway that's filled with graffiti and there's this 
dude just taking some photography. And unbeknownst to him, or maybe he was just completely oblivious to it, the guy to his left was just casually unraveling something in aluminum foil, clearly homeless. And I was like looking at Lauren, like things are getting weirder. But we kept walking. And then this is when things really take a turn for the worse. We walk a little bit further, and at this point we're parallel with another couple. They look normal. We look at this street corner that was littered with homeless people, which you feel bad for, of course. What, what really kind of threw us off, though, is we passed this pickup truck, and this like almost happened in slow motion. We passed this pickup truck, Laura and I look down, and there's this trio of folks that are just sitting there, and one of the dudes whoops out a needle and injects his left arm with, I presume, to be heroin. Mm-hmm. And Laura and I look at each other and is like, we need to get the F out of here right now. <laughs> and so we're walking back with this couple, and they're like, we're from Nebraska. We never see this type of stuff. We're like, yeah, we don't see it either. And we just got the heck out. And, of course, we walked right back into you guys. I'm just like, oh, fuck. We can't get away from anyone around here. Yeah, it was like three minutes later. They come around the corner. I was like, oh, my gosh. We tried to get rid of them to, like, give them their own time. Yeah, there was none of that. So and then we saw a dog. That was cool. Yeah, Bernice Mountain Dog. She was really cute. Uh, trying to see if anything else here. Well, at that point, we had been walking, I think, like, 15 miles in total that day. So, yeah. like, at least 10 miles. Um, and then we walked back to, like, I don't know. We got food or whatever. Or we, we were hunting for a bathroom for a while, but we ended up meeting this like Austrian guy who was our uh, bed and breakfast or our B&B. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, he's I was like, so convinced he was going like, to kill us. Yeah, yeah. Leave the door open or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like He's like, uh, I'm uncool with that, but I will when I leave. And like, No, we got more stories here, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before we get to Austrian, man... Um, when we were walking the streets of Vancouver, we were trying to find a place to eat to kill time because we couldn't check into our Airbnb until like around five. Yeah. And so we walk into this like little pub, ate some good food, bounced out of there. They threw away your mom's sandwich. She wanted it packed up. So she went back in and they cooked her a whole new sandwich. Yeah. So you, Padre, and I are chilling outside. And this, this was just really, really sad. But this dude starts walking down the street, shaking, has a black eye, tall, pretty thin, pasty white. And he's picking up cigarette butts on the ground. Oh, yeah, that guy. And then he ended up finding one with a little bit of meat on it and just lit it up, was talking to himself, kept walking and smoking this used cigarette. It was just like, oh, bro, man. Yeah, and then like right after that, my mom and I, I think, were the only ones who saw it. Yeah, because Rusty walks like at a mar- like a marathon Olympic runner pace. Yeah, I was like, oh, hey, where's Rusty going? And I was like, he does this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, cool, all right. You're like... Three blocks ahead of us. Yeah, I walk really fast. Yeah. Thanks to my dad. What's up, dad? I'll call you back. Don't worry about it. And uh, so, like, off to our right, there's, like, it's kind of like an overhang from a building. And, like, this dude walks behind me, just whipping out his junk and just starts peeing into the street. I was like, this is a good city. Where else but Vancouver? (laughs) (laughs) I could do this. Yeah, so that was weird. And I, like, turn around and mom's, like... Looks at me. I was like, Mom's having a conversation with him. Where <laughs> yeah, are you like, from? Hey, nice. All right. Well, looks like you're hydrated. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Yeah, we saw some interesting things in Vancouver. Uh, I, I probably some dick. Yeah, probably <laughs> the part of the city we shouldn't have been in, but yeah. the more you know, Ryan. Yes. One thing we didn't touch on were all the movies that we watched on the boat. Yeah, and we started Stranger Things. 
Gosh, we've got so much to talk about this episode. Yeah. Let's save Stranger Things 3 to the end of the episode with Lion King. Okay. We'll back, We'll put all this stuff in the front of the show. Okay, that works. Okay. So we saw... We didn't end up watching Aquaman. We, watched we saw Winnie the, the Pooh. Verse. Okay. <laughs> Went different ways to that one. Into the Spider-Verse. We did, which I thought was amazing. I think it's... It's tough to say if it's my favorite Spider-Man movie because... I'm a huge fan of Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire and Doc Ock. Yeah. Especially just when that movie came out in 2004-ish, I think. Uh, and the game that came alongside it on the PS2 yes. that I played to death. Because of Catwoman. Was Good Times. Catwoman's not in that game. It's a woman like Catwoman. Copyrights, probably. The Black Cat or whatever. Because she's in uh, Marvel Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's Catwoman to Whatever. Me. She's my Catwoman. Don't we, take this from me. We watched... And I wanted you to watch that before you played Spider-Man. And I'm very glad I did. Yeah. Because of all the suits and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and also seeing Miles Morales. Like understanding some of Miles Morales. Yeah, his story and everything yeah. like that, which was good stuff. And I like the difference in story approach they took with Miles in the game and Miles in the movie. Yeah. In the Spider-Man. There is this... this Kind of a significant Some, yeah, difference. Yeah, there is, which I really, really liked. I mm-hmm. like both stories. Yeah. You know? um, but we also watched Christopher Robin. <coughs> yes. Which was adorable. It is so adorable. Uh, yeah, I mean, from what I saw, I didn't watch it beginning to end. I watched like probably the back hour or so, and it was yeah. super, super cute. I only saw when Ewan McGregor, when he was an adult and he worked for some high-strung boss that yeah. didn't really like some him. Some luggage company. Yeah, and then... When he met back up with all of his friends and he introduced his family and children to all of his little friends. Then he went back and kind of told them off and basically saved their company. Yeah. But it was good. Well, spoilers. Shit. All uh, right. Well, yeah. Wreck-It Ralph 2. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Which you liked, right? Loved it. I'm not a huge fan of the first one. And for better or for worse, I don't... Like, Sarah Silverman's voice, to me, doesn't fit well in, like, a little childhood girl or, like, a little girl's animated body see i more hate her as a human instead of like as a voice okay so i every time i watched the first one which funny enough the first time i watched it i was up in northern area door and that's where i met travis executive producer of the show for the folks that are new here and i remember i was playing animal crossing new leaf on my buddy's 3ds at the time nice and travis and his wife walked in um and we were watching the first wreck it ralph movie Okay, and but, that's why you hated it, because that's where you met Travis. Well, I associated with <laughs> Travis, and I can't stand the guy, yeah. so that, that there's a problem there. I'm kidding, Travis, you're the best. But anyways, all of that to say, I wasn't a big fan of the first movie, mm-hmm. so going into this, I didn't really have any high expectations at all. See, so if you set your expectations low enough, anything's good. That's right. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought the whole story was unique. I loved the whole eBay bidding thing. Yeah. He has like 24 hours to collect all so this money. We could just bid anything. or whatever it was. Uh, I love Gal Gadot's character and like the extreme racing game. Mm -hmm. That was really good. The whole thing, I mean, the whole bit was really good. I'm glad I watched it. And uh, to me, that's probably one worth owning, I think. Yeah. So uh, that was really good. We also watched, again, (laughs) How to Train Your Dragon 3. Yes. Which is amazing. Absolutely incredible. I mean, there's very few trilogies where I feel like they get progressively better. Lord of the Rings, looking at you. But this, especially animated movies, like you look at Shrek. I mean, I guess Toy Story did it really well. Any animation studio apart from Disney Pixar 
in, I guess in many cases, Disney Pixar, it's tough to make those movies as good as the first one, typically. Yeah. I think the third one's every bit as good, if not better, than the other two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's great. You get all tear-jerky in the end of the movie because you think, um, what's the main character's name? It's like something really... Beard guy. Yeah, it's like ankle or leaf or something. Like oh, weird. it's a hiccup. Hiccup, yeah. Ankle? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's so good. And then when the little dragons have little baby dragons, they're super adorable. Yeah, they're adorable. So, How to Train Your Dragon 3, check it out. If you haven't seen it, watch the whole trilogy. Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. we watched that as well. This is another one that I went into with very low expectations. We, we also didn't really watch it with a high volume. So you might want to watch it with a high volume. That's right. Lauren was sleeping because at this point she was feeling like crap. And so... we And we were awake. Yeah. And so every time like she'd make a little noise, I'd have to like put it down. Like, yeah. No, matches. like it was uh, like nine for like most of the movie. And yeah. we're, I was like reading subtitles and everything. Yeah. So I'll have to rewatch it. But from what I could gather, I really did enjoy it. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Brie Larson and I thought she did an amazing job nice. in the role. So good times. But that's Alaska. Yes. And then we traveled home. So do you want to get into the games we've been playing? I'm kind of interested to get into these emails. You know, it's the 50th episode. I think it's important to recognize the people that have been supporting this show for 50 episodes over a year now, Ryan. All right. Well, do you want to save first? We can do that because we want to make sure that this episode gets to you in the best quality possible. And by that, I mean, I don't want it to get corrupted midway through. Yeah, you're welcome, folks. All right, Ryan, we're back. Yeah, we are. Let's do this. We got some emails from, well, actually, we got an Instagram. If you want to write in on the, or follow me on Instagram, Ari Lewis 2011 Most Fridays, I try to put a little query out there for you guys to ask questions, and... You can contact us through PictoChat, <laughs> through Tinder, uh, MySpace, <laughs> swipe right on Otaku Brothers. Please, and thank you. Uh, let's see here. We got one question, I believe, from Nolan North, voice of um, Nathan Drake, right, Ryan? Yes. We have a question from Nolan, friend of the show, fellow podcaster, young nostalgia. Check him out. He says, hey, guys, my question is, if and when you get in a gaming rut, what is your role reliable to play? Dude, that describes both of us right, right now. now. Yeah, so last night... I thought I had a PS1 compatible PS3, but for whatever reason, it was not reading my discs last night. But to that point, when I get in that rut of just nothing really sounds good, gaming fatigue, we've all been there, I typically go right to the N64. That's kind of my go-to, my Perfect Darks, my Super Mario 64s, Donkey Kong 64, Diddy Kong Racing. I can go on for days. PS1, PS2 are also big ones for me. I wanted to go through Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because, one, I really enjoyed those games playing up, growing up, and plus, Jeremy Soule actually did the, the score to those games. Yeah. So, Oblivion, Morrowind, Skyrim, all that good stuff. But yeah, it's a tough place to be because, like, last night, I literally popped <coughs> in five to six different games and played for, like, five to ten minutes, and I was just like, nope, nope, nope. And it got to a point where I was just, ah. Uh, because at this point, I've beaten Spider-Man, but yeah. I still have a lot of the side stuff to do. So I just kept going back to Spider-Man and just flying around the city and doing the gang crime stuff. Yeah. Uh, which, <coughs> it gets tiresome. Because there's four different types of crimes. And there's like eight different regions that you have to complete them in. 
So eight <coughs> times five, let's do our times tables. That's 40. That's a lot of little running around trying to do yeah. that, you know? So it just gets kind of tiresome. But anyways, to answer Nolan's question, typically go to the classics, the things I grew up with, because it kind of reminds me of my youth, simpler times. And <coughs> to me, those are timeless classics. Drink some water, bro. You I like know. dying over there, right? <laughs> I ate that candy in between our takes. Yeah. You want me to keep talking over here? No, and then you burped, and then I tried to burp, and then I, yeah. So, I've been in a rut since I got back. Um, usually, I go to RPGs, just something that I can grind out loot, like, get better. Um, but over... <coughs> Jesus. Dude. <coughs> over the last, like, four and a half years... It's, I, I usually go back to Wonder Trade because mm-hmm. I can put on a show, mindlessly do whatever, lay on the couch and just Wonder Trade. Mm-hmm. Get shinies. Yeah, increase the fortune that is my Poke Bank. There it is. So, yeah, I currently have a box full of 30 plus like six other, like 36 extra legendary Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So what I was doing last night was watching a show... Um, are basically on the GTS or the global trade system. Mm-hmm. You can go through and people put up Pokemon. I was just going through looking for shinies, trading. Like they want Kyogre for a shiny. And shinies like a one in 8,000 chance. And Kyogre is just what, like 15 hours of someone's time? I suppose. So, <laughs> so I, was, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll trade a Kyogre for a, uh, a shiny. So usually people ask ask for like mythic Pokemon. I think it's kind of just yeah. Like- so it's like I got a shiny Caterpie, which I've been trying to get because it's like a gold shelled Caterpie instead of like a green Caterpie. Yeah. Uh, instead of a green Caterpie, you get a gold Caterpie. So its shell is a little bit different. So when you like, basically, it shows all the letters of the alphabet. You click on a C, go down to Caterpie. And then you scroll over and it shows a picture of the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then one, there's a bunch of green ones and then like a gold one. And it'll, then it'll show what they want for that trade. So I think they wanted a Groudon. And I didn't have a Groudon that didn't have like hidden moves. So like uh, there's like a Ruption that Groudon knows. And it's like a move specific to that game. Mm-hmm. And they, they're basically untradeable. So I was like, oh, crap. So I can't trade the one I have. So I went over into Groudon, that letter. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, can I trade anything? I traded a Kyogre for Dr- Groudon and got the Groudon for the Caterpie. So nice. Then I had a shiny Caterpie, and then I could check it off my list. That'd be awesome if they kind of mimic that system for the Switch, but just enhance it a bit. Because mm-hmm. to have that kind of marketplace almost for oh, other people's Pokemon great. would be really pretty neat. Yeah, or, they- you know what would be really cool is if they have online battling... And then they say, you can like kind of bid almost, like, or not bid, but um, gamble, so to speak. So you say, okay, Ryan, if I beat you, then I get your shiny whatever. That would be awesome. You can put things up for kind of collateral. <coughs> That'd be really pretty neat. Yeah. Like, they botched up the system for like GTS trading. So like what I did yesterday, I put in my, one of my Dratinis that I bred mm-hmm. and has um, Marvel Scale, which is the hidden ability which I think you have to trade from a different game to get. And basically, it allows you to tank the first attack oh. if it's super effective. But it's good for competitive uh, breeding. Mm-hmm. And then it had some hidden moves like extreme speed and stuff. So I put that into the GTS, and I was like, yo, for this Dratini, I put six IVs, adamant, hidden abilities, whatever. And you can physically type out what you like. It, its uh, traits are. 
Hmm. And the other one, it was basically like a drop-down list of like things that were pre This is the Ultra Sun Moon one? Yeah, which sucked yeah. for like making it unique. To well, that especially platform. since you spent quite literally, at the very <coughs> least, 100 hours wonder trading alone. When you get that used to a system... Like 400. Yeah, yeah, when you get that used to a system... Anything that's different than that just seems completely foreign and stupid. Yeah, because like it was like, this is a cute Pokemon instead of this is six IVs adamant hidden abilities egg moves, <laughs> and then like I was like, yo, I want for this Dratini, I want a Palkia, and like within three hours I got a Palkia mm-hmm. traded to me for Dratini. I was like, cool, now I can trade this for a shiny Caterpie or like a Pharaoh, Sparrow, Fero. I don't know, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, clearly you're not the master you've made yeah. yourself up to be. So, like, I got a, um, a Keldeo last night. I got a Nidoking, which is cool. Um, there's a few. I got a duplicate, but uh, even duplicates are really good. Mm-hmm. You can trade duplicate shinies because they're so rare for, um, like, mythic Pokemon. Okay. And mythics trade really easily for other shinies. Gotcha. So, basically, I'm just increasing my net worth. You should Me. put that in your will, really. <laughs> yeah. You get my Pokebank passcode and my Ruby version. I'm not even kidding, though, Ryan, because people, I think, sell copies of Pokemon online for their 3DS, specifically calling out. At least I remember when I was on eBay probably yeah. back in 2009-10, people were selling copies of Pokemon Platinum with all 500, however many Pokemon there were back then. And so if you shared yours on eBay, I know that you won't. This is like your pride and joy makes sense yeah but if you shared your <laughs> doesn't that does it <laughs> no you need to consult someone <laughs> but if you put that on ebay <laughs> no you seriously need to get help <laughs> yeah. if you put that on ebay with all the normal pokemon that you have plus all shinies i would wager <clears throat> that copy would probably go for well over 250 bucks yeah because i have 721 pokemon so the full deck and then i have a hunt like what i've been trying to do is trade like, you can change in your deck, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, that Caterpie, I can actually switch its appearance in my deck when I'm scrolling down. Oh, it's so look just like a normal one? Yeah, so, like, train for, like I can change it from the green one to a golden one when I'm scrolling through my Pokedex. Oh, okay. So, I have 175 unique shinies in my Pokedex. That's so insane. And then I have, I think, eight duplicates. Wow. Like, a Blastoise, one of those, like, clinks, like the... Uh, oh, yeah. The gears. Mm-hmm. Um, a few mythic Pokemon, like the mushroomed guys, but like, yeah, I was gonna, I was talking to Ben who got me into this way of thinking and we we're going to get back in. He's like 200 plus unique shinies. So that's insane. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. It yeah. Really it's kind of a disease. Let's move on. That's a tangent on Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon's we- the greatest. I also bought, uh, not to go off on another tangent, uh, I bought Sapphire version. Because I, like, I was oh, yeah. sick for a week, and yeah. I was like, dude, I'm going to be on the couch doing nothing but watching movies. Let's get Sapphire. And I was getting on Sapphire. You have to like go to the third town or the second town to like meet your dad, and then that little kid with green hair catches Rolts, mm-hmm. and then you get Wonder Trade. Trust me, I looked it up, because I was like, I'm going to Wonder Trade my way to victory. Yeah, might as well do it on two systems. Yeah. <laughs> but no, 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 because I was... efficiencies. I was, no, I, I'm trying to get 400... Like, so Pokemiles is what you get. So say I trade a Pokemon with someone in France, you get a certain amount of Pokemiles, say like 40 or 50 uh-huh. for trading. And with 500 Pokemiles, you get... You can buy rare candies. 
Which is for, help, I mean, level up Pokemon. Yeah. So I have like 250 rare candies, which you can say is like 500. That's insane. Right. 500,000 Pokemon. And so I'm trying to max out, get 999 rare candies just by wonder trading. And I think I need like 400,000 more. Well, if you do, that's definitely a resume builder. You might want to put that bullet point Dude, on Dude, really, all of this gaming shit that we've been talking about for the last 50 episodes is resume stuff. So. It is, you know? It's yeah. definitely a talking point in an interview. Yeah. Just putting it out there. I gathered seven Dragon Balls in my spare time, <laughs> so uh, about to summon Shenron. <laughs> Hire me. Yeah. <laughs> I can work with Excel as well, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nick, friend of the show. He says, hey, guys, Nick Knack. Here and oh boy, first off, I'd like to congratulate you, good sirs, for hitting a milestone 50. I've been loving it ever since, and it's amazing to see it go this far. As for questions, here are some for you guys. Sorry if it might be long-winded and too much. It's never too much on a talker, brothers. Size matters here, Nick. Number one, it's, it's not just the motion of the ocean. Size matters. <laughs> it's, That's why we're at 50 episodes. <laughs> it's July, and one thing I'd say the month is best known for is heat. Oh no, he says conventions. Anime Expo kicked off the year this Getting year. Getting into heat at conventions. <laughs> and it definitely was enjoyable from firsthand experience. QuakeCon and Octagon. Pentagon. <laughs> sorry, I don't want to pick apart your email too much. He says QuakeCon and um, Otakagon, I think, Otakon, are happening next week. And during the time of this being sent, the legendary yet hard to get into San Diego Comic Con. It's happening on. It's happening right now. <laughs> My first question is, have you been to any conventions focused on nerd culture? And if so, which ones? And I'm sorry to say I have not, unfortunately. Lauren and I have. Yeah? Yeah, we went to the one in our the city near us. And um, we met with some, some people dressed as Gandalf and like the Fellowship, which was pretty cool. That's really neat. Um, there was so much to buy and so little money to spend. <laughs> so back at our university where we went to school, yes. every year in kind of the springtime, oh, I went to that too. there was a anime, anime convention type of thing. And they had a, a merchandise room where you could go to different <coughs> booths and they were selling stuff. And I'm kind of frugal. So when I go into places like that and I see the Trigun anime on DVD for 50, 60 bucks, and I pull it up on Amazon and it's 25 yeah. I'm not buying it at that booth because the thing about those types of things, it's very impulsive driven. You see something you've been wanting, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can pick it up, you can look at the back cover. You can take it home with you. And you want that sense of, you know, satisfaction. And I totally get that. I buy into that sometimes too. But I'm also very resistant to pick up things a lot there because it is so... Marked up. It's marked up. And at those types of conventions, at least from my very limited experience, it's hard to haggle. Now, if I went to some kind of retro gaming expo, from what I've talked to folks from the YouTube gaming community, and it sounds like Nick too probably, it's much easier to kind of haggle and also say like, hey, this game is $10, but if you if I buy three or four different games, can I get all these for 15 or whatever? Yeah. You know, you can kind of lump things like that. But I love to get out to the West Coast because I know in Arizona, uh, Seattle, and some different cities like that, or cities and states, I should say, there's a lot of different... The city of... Seattle. Yes. Uh, well, I said Arizona, and I, I know, oh. I'm very aware that Arizona is not a, a city. Um, it's a continent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a territory. But uh, I'd like to get it to some of those conventions because I have a lot of friends from the YouTube gaming community that go to those, and I'd love to meet them at some point. It'd be really neat to kind of, I don't know, meet people I've been talking through the interwebs with for years. Yeah. So 
Yeah. So get stalked and get killed out in Arizona, this city. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Two, piggybacking off of that question, any cons you dream of going to if you had the opportunity in doing so? I think E3 would be amazing to go to. Yeah, or Comic-Con. Like, I'm never going to dress up because I would always, I'd feel weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I'm more of like a gym shorts, cut off t-shirt and like chilling. Like, people put out like hundreds of hours into these costumes. Also like thousands of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll appreciate, like I follow a few on Instagram mm-hmm. that I'm like, you look way better in whatever weird stuff you're wearing than I would ever do it. So I don't know. I could like, really... I can't pull off sexy Pikachu. Yeah, but I could really see you in a Sailor Moon costume. God, yes. Like short skirt, like light blue. Put on or a like nice white blonde cup. wig with pigtails. Dude, I can pull it off. That'd be hot. I've already worn like a sexy nun costume and like a kilt. So, I mean, what's one more step? <laughs> Sailor Moon's the natural next step. <laughs> yeah. In my evolution. This isn't even my final form. Yeah, right. come on now. Uh, so, yeah, I think E3 and Comic-Con <clears throat> would be pretty sweet to go to. Yeah, I think the Comic-Con out in the West Coast. And New York Comic-Con would be pretty sweet, too. Really, any of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big cities. cities. Number three, he says, adding to the two questions, one thing worth going to these cons for is seeing the amazing cosplays people put together. Yes. If you two had the time and money to try your, hard, or try your hand at cosplay, what characters would you cosplay as? I would try, before I had hair and I was like really thin and pale and gross, and I first started dating your sister, we wanted to go to Comic-Con and be Aang and Katara from mm-hmm. The Last Airbender, Avatar. Yeah, but Lauren now looks too tired to be Katara. <laughs> <laughs> she does. And I get, or I have hair now. I guess I could wear like one of those like little caps. Well, now your buff could, or your buff Katara. <laughs> yeah, and Lauren could be Aang. Yeah. No, that, that would have been really fun. Um... I think for just pure love of the character, if I got a nice wig and a really nice, not cloak, but green tunic type of thing, mm-hmm. boots, and a nice Isildur sword, I'd love to go as Aragorn because he's just a boss. I'm trying to look up. There is the, uh, shoot, what's his name? So there is a, that's not exactly what I wanted. So fairy tale. The anime has this kid, Natsu, who has blue hair. Mm-hmm. And like, I could be this guy. Look at me. Like anime hair. Oh, yeah. What, or I could be Lucy. From? It's fairy tale. So oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a really entertaining anime that Ben and I, Ben, Rick and I used to watch okay. in college. So there's like a bunch of fairy guilds mm-hmm. or like guilds for magic users or mages or whatever. And one of them is called fairy tale. Nice. And uh, he, Natsu, has um, one of the rarer, like, mage styles, which is, like, dragon slayer magic, because mm-hmm. his dad was a dragon. Nice. As it, as it usually is in, like, an anime. It makes no like, sense. When I was, but... like, uh, shiny hunting last night, I started, just as background noise as I cleaned as well, was um, Seven Deadly Sins on Netflix. Which is basically the seven deadly sins. Just, they don't care. They're overpowered. Just one of those. Like, yeah. people are trying to take over the world, as they usually are. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, Looking I'll, at you Russians in your face <laughs> apps. Yeah. Or Americans in our ship. Our, what, like, nine aircraft carrier fleets? Yes. No, it's like 13 or something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Ryan, moving yeah. on. 
The <laughs> Empire. Question number four. He says, to end this email, my last question is hard. And that is, what would you say is the most memorable thing that's been said or done by either of you over those 50 podcast episodes? So I'm also going to task the listeners with this too. If any of you want to write in to Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com or shoot me a message on Twitter, Instagram, Ari Lewis 2011, whatever you got to do, I'd love to hear from the listeners since you guys are on the receiving end of these, these shows. Mm-hmm. Some of your favorite moments, episodes, episode titles, things Ryan said, things I've said, just banters he and I have had, that'd be really fun to read. I should have prepared for this episode better and it asked in advance. But off the top of my head, and maybe Ryan, if you could think of something that maybe I've said or maybe a banter we've had. Well, I really like the like the Pokemon episode where we were just talking about nonsense and then like I said something about Exodia and I really loved your reaction to that because it caught you so off guard. I like I say random shit all the time, but it's I say a lot of it to see what Rusty's reaction is gonna be. Yeah. And like hearing the reaction so like that was probably my one of my favorite reactions like i'm, I'm good at poker i have a good poker face but when ryan's talking it just <laughs> kind of goes out the window yeah I mean, like that's why i say stuff and like that was the exodia comment you're like yeah, you gotta believe the heart of the cards yeah. and then like there was like a high-pitched squeal yeah that you like i was did. laughing so hard and it, like it maybe yeah i was, think for me my favorite most memorable episode and it was really a three episode journey i think Listen, I understand our show isn't overly unique. We don't do anything that really sets us apart from other gaming podcasts, and I get that. We only started this because we wanted to have a voice in this community. We love talking about video games. Mm-hmm. We thought, why not record it? And if a few, a few people listen, wonderful. Yeah, our therapist told us that because we hate each other, we should spend more time together and come to love each other. That is what Karen told us. But Oh, Karen. <laughs> what I really thought kind of set us apart, especially because of the time investment it took to put it together was during March Madness when we did yes. the 64-game bracket, <laughs> bracket challenge. And it was like, suddenly it was like four hours later. Yeah, I mean, one of those episodes, I think, was it four hours? I think one of them reached like almost yeah. four hours. And Ryan and I were just getting so tired, and we had to say the same name games like <laughs> over and over again. And I, it was vital for Ryan, and it was like, it was between Battlefront 2 on the PS2 and Super Smash Brothers Melee. And so Ryan was like, he was struggling so hard to say Super Smash Brothers, and he called it Super Bros. <laughs> and the reaction after that, like Ryan and I were just dying laughing. Like we just completely lost it. You can go back. Super Bros Beats Battlefront is the name of the episode. I don't know. Go like to the. 30s, two, I think. Two yeah. hour and 30 minute mark or something crazy like that. And you'll just hear us just absolutely <laughs> losing our shit. Yeah, there's a lot of like weird Travis stuff in that one too. Like right before that happened, I think I went on a tirade about like you loving Travis and like going off into the... Oh, that's, that was the same episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was also the same episode where it's like, you don't look at me during... That's right, because... Travis told me to play Breath of the Wild or something like that. Yeah, or, and like freaking, you listened to him. Yeah, and didn't listen to me. And I've been saying that for like, God, how long have I known you? Like, couple years now. Yeah. So, that's true. But good times. Yeah. Thanks, Nick, for running in again. I would task the listeners if you're up for it. 
whether you've been listening to a few episodes or all of them, however long you've been listening, it'd be fun to hear from your perspective, favorite episodes, <coughs> topics, things he and I have said. Would be fun to just to hear your guys' reactions. Yeah, I also I think one of the ones that I usually go back to just to listen to, one because I've downloaded it and I don't have to use the internet, is the first episode. Yeah. Our quality is bad because we were like, we had two snowballs and like, which are mics, and one of them didn't pick up. So like, Rusty's off in freaking Narnia, and yeah. I'm like here, and like we were sitting close. It was hot and squeaky, but like the top, it was our top ten video games, I think. Yeah, and it was just our first episode had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, and it was entertaining. Yeah, no, I think it is good. It's unfortunate because the quality of my voice isn't bad, but they really they're here for you anyways, so whoa, it really doesn't whoa. matter. <laughs> But any, um, but no. What I would like to do is revisit that topic. I think we should kind of separate the two, though, between childhood top ten and last ten to you know fifteen years top ten. Yeah, because I think most years were childhood. Yeah, and like mine were all like the things I'd played in the last year that were like Horizon and yeah, Bloodborne, Bloodborne, Uncharted Four. I think was on there. God of War, things like that. Yeah, and. Yeah, because Kingdom Hearts would definitely be my number one, like, my childhood games. But, yeah. like, now that I've played The Last of Us, which came out in, like, 2013 or something like that, that's my favorite game of all time. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see that those kind of different lists. Mm-hmm. And I know Travis, on a more recent episode, shared his two different top tens. And, uh, of course, it'd be fun to hear the listeners' top tens for both of those different... Yeah. We'll have clear cutoffs, but, I mean, you could be <laughs> 35 listening to this, so, like, your top tens could include, like, Centipede and Asteroids. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, if you want to write in when we do that, we'll let you guys know, but what is centipede? It's a game on like the Atari 20. It's that game where, Oh, the thing that was like on the calculator yeah, you, like, where you're like, dots, you don't want to eat your I think. tail or yeah. whatever. could be different on the 2600. I don't know, dude. I was born in 93. Get off my back. <laughs> Travis executive produced the show. He's back with a lengthy one. Oh. He says, hi there. Glad to have you two back. You must have loads to discuss. So I'll keep it brief for one question. What's the first... Proceeds to write it up. (laughs) No, he literally has like one sentence. Oh, okay. (laughs) What's the first normal part of your routine you just had to do when you got back home? Well, I was sick, so none of my routine was normal. Um, I guess... I ate Chipotle. Chipotle was a big one for me. Yeah. There was such so much good food, and I'm like, you know what? I want some mediocre food. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was sick, so like I was home those entire days. But like you, my morning routine in the morning, that was redundant. Is uh, I have this scale that bioelectrical impedance scale that I do to like track like eight different variables, and I haven't done it, and that was the first thing I do when I wake up. So getting back into that routine. I didn't cook chicken for like maybe three or four days, which I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the because I did it maybe two or three months leading up to the cruise, just because I was bored and I wanted to track variables. Yeah, because that's how I think. So that's what I did. It's so <clears throat> excuse me. It's so lame for me, but I th- <clears throat> I need to hear my voice now, dude. Come on, man. Do you want me to talk? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lame to think about, but. For me, it's just like sitting on the couch and just like turning on the TV and just like having that sense of like, because like traveling sucks, especially when you're door to door, it's like more than 10 hours. 
And for us, it was like 15, 16, 17 hours. Yeah. Plus with like you being sick, me being sick, Lauren and I still having symptoms of being sick. It just royally sucked. And like, it was so great just to be alone. Yeah. And I kind of felt, because like for Lauren and I, we're so close where I don't really need my distance from her necessarily. Like if we're in the same room, I feel like just at peace, you Mm -hmm. know? And so for her and I just to be in our place, I'm sure as it was for you to be in your place, was just like, like it's just a sigh of relief. Yeah, because I recharge, because I'm an, an introvert, I recharge being in silence and kind of isolated mm-hmm. for a period of time. Um, like talking to people and like doing the daily, like, granted, purchasing is not the right place for like introverts, but that's no. what I do. So like... When I get home, I have to have like a six or seven hour period on like a Saturday where I'm just don't talk to anyone, sit on the couch, just do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And like doing that for the first time when I got back, granted, I was hacking up a lung and I felt like death, like pumping myself full of penicillin. Yeah. But like that was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not really overcomplicated. I think just being back in the apartment walking in here because this is place is still relatively new for Lauren and I. And since she was in Japan for two weeks, like three or four days after we moved in Mm -hmm. and then we, she had two or three days catching up on jet lag sleeping and then we booked it to Alaska. She really hadn't been here for very long. So now we're still kind of getting acclimated moving in. We still need to hang stuff on the walls. And then, uh, last Saturday we casually bought a dog. Yeah. Casually. I can't even believe we're an hour into the show and I haven't talked about my, my pup, but Lauren and I wanted to do it very uh, spontaneously. spontaneously. We didn't want to tell anyone. We didn't tell all the parents that we were looking for a dog. Uh, Lauren, of course, was doing all kinds of research, going on different Facebook groups, as she does. And she found this 10-week-old German Shepherd uh, Great Pyrenees dog. Mm-hmm. Adorable as could be, She like Lauren was in love with this dog. And she was talking back and forth with this person that was selling it. The person that was selling it clearly had a pretty big attachment to it and was saying, like, we're so unfortunate to have to give this dog up, but we have to because of the apartment complex that she lived in didn't allow the dog to be there because of its eventual size. Yeah. And so I was like, Lauren, he looks like a Kovu, who is the little cub in Lion King 2 Simba's Pride. And Lauren was like, oh, my gosh, Kovu, it's such a cute name. So we were just falling in love with this little dude. And so I'm at work Friday. Yeah, it it was last Friday. And Lauren's texting me. We're all excited. And she's, hey, she'll take her off. She'll take the dog off the market if we agree to go up north Saturday and buy him. And I'm like, let's do it. And so she told her. And then like three hours later, I'm in a meeting. And my phone is just blowing up. I'm getting text messages after text message from Lauren. And I can't open up my phone and look at it. But I just, like seven text messages. I'm like thinking, probably getting a bunch of pictures about this new dog. Yeah. I go back to my desk, open up my phone, and she's just beside herself because the person reached out. They said, we found a neighbor who was out walking their lab. We went on and asked him, hey, your dog's pretty big. How do you allowing, how's the complex allowing you to have him? Oh, we just went to the complex with the dog and got the okay based on his personality. Uh, personality. And they were like, okay. So they went and did that and they got to keep the dog. So they had to let Lauren and I know that, hey, you can't take the dog anymore. So Lauren was really upset and I just tried to reassure her that like, hey, if we can't get this dog, this dog wasn't meant to be, right? So we ended up going to the local dog shelter, and as soon as we went in there, um, well, we, of course, went through the 
the, the front doors or whatever like that and then that little admin space or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we go back where all the cages are and cage after cage after cage is just pit bull because most kennels nowadays or most shelters are just full of pit bulls. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's just like in our area of the United States or if that's like universally around the States, across the pond. I don't know what it is, but because when I was younger and I went to the Humane Society and stuff like that, pit bulls were not the breed of like they they didn't have pit bulls. Yeah, anywhere. pit bulls get a bad rap. They do, and some of them are the sweetest dogs. And like we saw your, some of them your there. Sister's dog. You know, my sister has two of them, and one of them is just a big little bear. Big little bear. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you know what I mean. He thinks he's little. He's massive. Yeah, and like he's just hundred pounds a of cute doom. little dude. Um, but anyways, so we're walking through these cages, and all of these gargantuan pit bulls are just quite viciously barking, mm-hmm. and I just didn't want anything to do with them. Uh, we went with the intentions of getting one, because there was a super cute one. You saw the photo. Her name was Domino. Yeah. And she looked, she had this giant patch on her left eye, and she was just so, so cute. We never really saw her. So Laura and I walk into this one strip of kennels, and I open up the door, and the first thing I see is this little dog named Kane. He looks beaten. He's super scared. He's not barking or anything like that. All these other dogs are clearly just scaring him to hell. He looked super malnourished. And I'm like, Lauren, I think this is the one. And she kind of just walked right past him and just kept going. What a bitch. And she, there's this dog named Tilda who was just licking her and super cuddly and cozy. And Lauren was falling in love with her. She's like, but Rusty, this one, he's so, she won't stop kissing me or whatever. And so I was like, okay. So I told the little buddy, I'm like, well, I'll be back. So Lauren's like, I really want to watch take out Tilda and take her for a walk. I'm like, okay. So we took Tilda for a walk and she was super rambunctious. But after we got back to a little space where it was just Lauren and I and the dog, she seemed much more tame. And that's when I fell in love with her because she kind of jumped on me and put her paws on my chest and was just licking my face. Was that all it takes to have someone love or you fall in love with them? With a dog. Yeah, pretty much. If I, I jump on your chest and lick your face, <laughs> would Brian, you love when we locked eyes, I fell in love with you. <laughs> but anyways, so, Tilda, we've kind of fell in love with, and this other couple right beside us in the little playpen was playing with Kane. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, crap, there's no way they're not going to adopt that dog. And I was like, Lauren, before we settle on Tilda, hear me out. Let's just play with Kane if we get the chance or the opportunity. And then if we don't like him, we'll definitely take Tilda home. And she's like, okay. And so I'm like looking over, making sure these people, are they still looking at him? So they walk out of the playpen with Kane, without Kane. And the guy who was kind of managing everything was like, do you want him? And she's like, no, we do not want him. And she said it in kind of a bitchy way. And I'm like, oh, crap. He probably just has like a, a personality that's not very likable. Mm-hmm. We bring him in. We take him for a walk. We bring him back to the playpen. And Lauren and I just fell in love with this little dude. And, of course, we brought him home. We renamed him Scooby because he looks like a little Scooby-Doo. He does. Once he gets some meat on his bones, he'll be like the greatest little companion. He's seriously the sweetest little dog. Um... We took him to the vet today. He was great with his shots. Um, when the the vet the veterinarian came back in, she said, hey, he probably needs another shot in like three to four weeks. You want me to just give it to him today? We're like, yeah, absolutely. She's like, okay, I'll bring the shot right back in. She brings it in. She comes over to Scoob. He sits back and just stares at her. And then she kind of just grabs his collar a little bit and just sticks the shot right back in. Didn't yelp, nothing. Super, super wow. cool. So... We're really happy to have him. Honestly, it's like taking care of a newborn to a certain degree just because um, he's pooping everywhere. We're trying to potty train him. He's kind of needy because, one, he needs food all the time because he's malnourished. 
you got to take him outside a lot. But yeah. it's the greatest thing. It's helping Lauren and I kind of um, just kind of hold each other accountable with the little guy and just grow closer because we have to like walk him all the time and do all these fun things. So all that to say, Ryan, you need a dog. I know. I dude, I looked at pros and cons of Huskies and uh, Samoyas this week. Huskies More are, than I care to admit. Huskies would probably be a fun breed for you, kind of just living alone. And the toughest thing would just be the demand of your job. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd probably leave at a normal time. Yeah, because that's the hardest thing for even Laura and I now with our well, jobs. Is just My thing is, like, do I want one that's like a year old that has potential of having like problems? Or do I want to raise it from a pup and then have to potty train it? Yeah, that's why I'm so thankful we got Scooby when we did, because he's six months. Mm-hmm. So he's... He's not necessarily a puppy where he's stumbling over the place, doesn't even know what's going on. But he's not so not he's can't talk. He's also not so old that he's so set in his ways. Yeah. And that's why we kind of made the name change because he wasn't really responding to his other name either, Kane. Uh, but how's he doing, Lauren? He's sleeping, folks. We have to stop podcasting because the dog. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this is gonna be a problem. <laughs> He's episode a, 51. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great little dude. If you go on my Instagram again, Ari Lewis 2011, I'm posting pictures out the wazoo on there. I just posted a few on Twitter as well. I'll be spamming social media with him for the foreseeable future. Yeah, for like ever. Rightfully so. You're like one of those people, like if you have a new dog, it's like months of just pictures. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for people to like send me like unfollow messages. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, please. Defriend. That's the point of this. Like swipe left. I'm striving for that. Yeah. Hey, you're doing it right then. Mm-hmm. But love Scoop, great little guy. Looking forward to training him a bit. Lauren and I are taking him to some to some uh, puppy training classes next week, so that should be really fun stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just continuing to acclimate him into this new home. Nice. But we should probably talk about games we've been playing recently or something. All right. Sounds good. What have you been playing recently? So pretty much just Pokemon. Uh, so I guess starting, let's see, leaving for the cruise, I played Pokemon most of the way there. I was trying to get a Ferrothorn from a Ferrothorn. And I was like, oh, I got this. Just, I have the perfect breed. I got the bright nature. I made a perfect one. I EV trained him. Realized I have to have two egg moves for his move set. That I didn't have. <laughs> Is this the thing you spent a ton of time on? Then you realized oh my God. you could do it faster. Yeah. Well, I realized how to. Do, I did, I found out a lot about breeding. For like, you have to have a female of the one that you want to put a move on, mm-hmm. or like. So if you're breeding two different types of Pokemon, so say, I think it was a uh, fair seed, which is like a little acorn. Yep. And then I wanted to give him some other grass moves from a different grass move from like a cactus. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, spikes. So I wanted to put spikes on him. So I'd have to have to make the offspring be a Pharisee. I had to have a female Pharisee and then a male cactus with the, which I screwed up the first time because I didn't know. But you have to have the move that you want to transfer over to the offspring on the top slot of the male. Okay. So then you can basically, the offspring <laughs> will be a female or a male of the female mother type Pokemon with the move of the father in the first slot. Yeah, like I, I got that. Oh my gosh. I made the first Pokemon 
in the five hour flight. Super excited. Mm-hmm. I bred like 65 Ferris seeds. And then I, on the second flight going over there, I EV trained him. Third flight, I realized I screwed it all up because I didn't have those moves. And then Snap my 3DS in <laughs> half and threw it out the plane. I wanted window. to because that was the flight that I was like, hey, can I play Animal Crossing? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I played a little bit of Lawrence Animal Crossing and it made me want to check like where I was in my game. And like Lauren just started over a new profile. Mm-hmm. So she was like, it's like 150. And I went to my profile actually when I got back and it's my entire house is maxed out and I have three million dollars in cash in my bank just collecting interest and i was like maybe i played that a little bit much i'm pretty excited for the next one yeah that'll be great um so i did a lot of basically pokemon the entire trip Mm -hmm. whenever we were watching movies just we couldn't really wonder trade um i played a bit of spider-man when i got back because i was kind of in the same mood you were Mm -hmm. after watching uh into the spider-verse um and then i beat Finally, after like a year, I beat Dragon Quest Eleven. Yes, how was that? Good. Yeah, so I was at the final boss for like a year. Um, I just needed to do some training, get my guys up. Um, so I beat the... There's like a three distinct thirds of the game. The first third, then everything kind of turns upside down. And then the second third is like the main story. Yeah. And then there's like a final main boss. Like the true ending or whatever. Yeah. So I beat the game. I probably will eventually beat the final third. Yeah. But I'm kind of burnt out. I'm just I'm glad I finally beat the game and knows how know how it ends. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I need to get back to that at some point. you just have to be in a really particular mood to play mm-hmm. that turn based RPG. Yeah, and no, and I was like looking for games that were similar because I was in something like a looter. Mm-hmm. I wanted to loot games and that one's not really loot based and you don't really get to change your character's appearance based off armor but instead of there's like only five or six that you can you know who you should borrow is dragon's dogma okay that's a third person is that the one that's kind of like skyrim yeah 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 i was looking at that i was also looking like at jrpgs yeah that are similar i i was looking at persona 5 Definitely is not my cup of tea. No, I can't do those games. Yeah, so I I'm just settling on wonder trading for now. That's fine. Um, ben called me the other day, um, and we went through his world on Minecraft. And oh, nice. Apparently, they've done a crap ton of updates. So you're gonna go back to that for a bit. So I, I'll probably make a new world. Nice. Um, and go through. They did like completely redid the villagers. Mm-hmm. Um. And his world is crazy. Really? It's like a tree that he made an island, like a huge tree. And then underneath is like this giant cavern that he turned into this coral reef. And all of the rooms are in this coral reef that he hollowed out. Hmm. It, well, it's crazy. It's, yeah. So if you're going to do that, I had, uh, I had plans on going into The Witcher 3 because mm-hmm. I just finished watching the trailer for Netflix's the Witcher show, yeah, with Henry Cavill or Cavill, how you pronounce his last name, which actually looks really good. It does. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I played The Witcher two back in the day on 360, and I just couldn't get used to the controls. I understand it's kind of a unique system how they've set up the control scheme, so I'm looking forward to hopefully getting the hang of that and jumping into that. But if you're getting back into Minecraft, I actually still have up on the shelf sealed Dragon Quest Builders, mm-hmm. which again, that's I think that's a good stepping stone for me to get into Minecraft. So maybe I'll kind of pop that in and see what that's all about. 
because uh, I think it's structured in levels. So they kind of guide you, tell you what you should build, but that's it's not restricted so much that you can't build other stuff. Yeah. And then there's missions within that that you have to specifically complete. Um, so to have that more tunnel vision experience before I open this giant can of worms with of Minecraft endlessness might be might be good. So yeah, might give that a shot. But anything else? No, I think that's about it. You yeah. bought Red Dead too, though. I did. I played a mission. Um, I started that. Like the first thing is like you're in a snowstorm for the first mission, and then into the second mission. But I got it when I was sick. Yeah. And I was hacking up a lung. Yeah. And like had a really bad migraine when I started. I was like, this open endedness. Like I have to pay attention. Like have reflexes. Yeah. It's I'm like I'm on painkillers and like coughing my mind out. Yeah. Um, wasn't a good fit. I, I have it, so I'll, I'll eventually play I'm looking play forward it. to seeing how you feel about that game because you didn't play the first one, did you? No. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed the first one quite a bit. Uh, not to the degree where people saying it was the greatest game of all time by any stretch of the imagination. I think I've said this on the <coughs> podcast before. I actually preferred Gun to Red Dead. Gun was a game that was on PS2. It eventually made its way... It might have been a launch title on the 360... But I enjoyed that more than I did Red Dead. But I'm looking forward to seeing how you think about two. Yeah. Um, I, I think the main complaint is that it was so big. Yeah. And that's... It's a horse around it. I think as I get older, I might have said this on another podcast, um, not so much even older, just like busier, more responsibility, you know, just, I guess, entering the adult life. Um, I have less and less interests in huge worlds. Like when that's the biggest bucket or the biggest bullet point on the back of a box that like... Bigger than Breath of the Wild, bigger than Skyrim, bigger than Red Dead 2. That makes me put the game back on the shelf. It doesn't make me rush to the cash register. Yeah, it's more the how alive it is and how full it is opposed to how big it is. And yeah, enough like, stuff to do like to Like Skyrim that space. was big enough for me. It was for me. And I felt like there was enough there that I wasn't just wandering, getting to the other side of the map. And it's like, I just wasted, I just wasted 30 minutes of my life and there's nothing here. It's like... No, there's a cave here, and if you go all the way through it, you're going to get some serious loot. Yeah. And it sounds like that's the exact same way with Breath of the Wild. You see new new animals, new creatures. There's a shrine. There's new armor. There's new weapons and whatnot. Um, I just haven't gotten to that point with Breath of the Wild where it doesn't feel overwhelming. Yeah. I think once I get to that point, hopefully I just won't stop playing it for weeks because I want to get to that point because... I think it's going through and having an objective. Because that one you have to create your own objective because it is, like, really, you could go to the final boss now. Mm-hmm. But it's, I did the towers and then I did each one of the beasts. Sub-boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the beasts. So. Yeah, I really, really want to get into it because I know Travis, you, and uh, Dean, I know that listens, they, you guys speak of it so fondly and so highly. I want to enjoy it as much as you guys because I want to gush about it on the podcast and we can share opinions and stuff. But. Because uh, I know Travis is actually playing through it again now on Switch. Oh, nice. He originally played it on Wii U, so um, it'd be fun to kind of swap opinions. Yeah, we can swap opinions about Spider-Man, which you played. Yes, I did, and I really, really enjoyed it. It definitely, when I started the game and you take control of Spidey and you're releasing it in New York to do whatever you want, um, it felt just as satisfying as I played Spider-Man 2, yeah. and I was so wowed. Because I remember distinctly being at a cookout at my mom's side of the family and people were kind of getting drunk and it was not the environment that i wanted to be in but my super super my super cool cuz rob 
was like, Rusty, I got an Xbox. Let's run to Blockbuster. You kids that were born after 2000 probably don't know what that is. Yeah. But there was this cool place called Blockbuster where you could rent video games. Mm-hmm. So he took me there and I rented a copy of the original Spider-Man developed by Activision, which I really loved that too. But you couldn't freely swing through New York. And actually, your swings were through to the sky. They didn't actually attach Pivots to or attach buildings to or anything. Yeah. Um, so playing that and then going into two was mind-boggling. And it was one of the greatest experiences video game-wise that I had had to that point. And even going to the next generation, it wasn't until I played Batman Arkham Asylum that my favorite superhero game was surpassed. It had been super Spider-Man 2 forever. And then now... Spider-Man has trumped Arkham City and Arkham Asylum as my favorite superhero game because Insomniac did a wonderful job not only feeling like making you feel like Spider-Man, but also making you so connected to the human side of his character and Peter yeah. Parker. And I never thought in a million years that I would have been more invested being out of the suit than I was being in the suit. Because whenever I was out of the suit and talking with Mary Jane or having conversations with Doc Ock in the research lab or going or I guess yeah just really just those two things um, there's just a plethora of other stuff that you do outside of the I guess going to this uh, the homeless shelter your mom the old, your or aunt, gram- aunt, your aunt, aunt. Yeah. Um, going to the shelter and helping Aunt May with stuff and eventually getting Miles a job there and kind of um, Nurturing being, Miles. being a mentor to him was really cool um but yeah, it was really just the story. I loved the relationship between Peter and MJ. I loved that she already knew that he was Spider-Man and they broke up because he was always so concerned about her getting hurt and she wasn't strong enough to go into different situations because mm-hmm. she was a reporter. So of course, later on in the game, and if you don't want to know spoilers, I'm going to kind of talk through some stuff that's spoiler territory, so just be warned. Um, but kind of later in the game when she would go into these different facilities and try and find out information about Fisk or whoever else um, that was a particular villain at that point in the storyline. And Peter would be kind of like calling her on the cell phone and she'd kind of be talking through stuff. And then you actually got to take control of her and then use different environmental objects to kind of distract guards. And Did you, li- you like that? The- I love that. I think, yeah, it was a good uh, kind of s- took you out of like just the monotony of swinging around all the yeah, time. Yeah, because... When you first start swinging, it's great. It's super fun. And you could go from one end of the city and not do any kind of objectives and it still be fun. Mm-hmm. But then it gets to a point where it gets a little old. And so they did a great job balancing that sense of monotony, playing as MJ, and then eventually even playing as Miles, yeah. you know, going on these different kind of missions. Uh, I really appreciated that. And I really enjoyed it. And when I first saw MJ in the game, when you're, I can't remember if you're Spidey or uh, Peter at that point. Um, she really reminded me of Ellie mm-hmm. from The Last of Us. Yeah. She kind of just had that personality to her, which I really liked because with Last of Us now being my favorite game of all time and Ellie being one of my favorite protagonists in video games, I got that same sense with MJ, which I really thought was cool. Yeah. Um, but there's just so much meat in the game and none of it feels overwhelming because when you play a game like Assassin's Creed, right, you have this map that's just freaking overloaded with icons. You have no idea what the F's going on. And in Spider-Man, certainly after playing 40 to 50 hours, however long I've played, yeah, it's littered with icons, but it's because as you progress through the game, 
you will unlock more different side content that you can play. It's not all there at once. Yeah, like collectibles and things. So you'll play a main mission, and then you find out, oh, you have a camera. You can go take pictures of all these different landmarks around the city. Um, oh, here's one of my old backpacks back from high school. Now there's 30 backpacks around the city that I can go find, and each one unlocks a different little whatever. Yeah, know? and with those, you get tokens, and through the tokens, you can buy new suits. Yeah, which is so, so cool that... And, like, upgrades to your, like, spider dars or whatever. Or different gadgets, gadgets, you know, so... Um, as you're, as you're playing through the game, not only as you complete these different side quests, do you get these tokens that reward you with new Spider-Man suits, but they also give you experience points because as you level up, you unlock skill points that you can use to allocate towards three different skill trees, Mm -hmm. um, that allow you to do a various number of different things. One of my favorite things now by the end of the game is just ripping shields or weapons off of people swinging them around and throwing them back at people. Yeah. And you're almost invincible in combat because as long as you're spamming the circle button, which is counter, and then you're ripping things out of people's hands and throwing it back at them, it just makes for combat amazingly fun. One of them is if you do a perfect dodge, you can click triangle and you shoot towards them and instantly KO them. Yeah, which is And that one's like super powerful. Um or have you got, I don't know if you've unlocked, did you get to level 50? Yes. Okay. So like chucking rockets back at people. Yeah, which is sweet. like, holy crap. I just grabbed a rocket and chucked it at a fat guy. I love doing, because when you do a perfect counter, it goes in slow motion and you kind of flip over it. I love doing that. And then as it passes me, grabbing it and then throwing it back at the guy. Yeah. yeah it's so cool. I love it. It's really cinematic. It really is. Um, there was one other mission that I really loved too when you were in. I think it was Grand Central Station, mm-hmm. uh, when you're playing as MJ and they're getting ready to have it on lockdown, Mr. Lee or whatever his name was. Yeah. Um, and you're playing as MJ and you're with all the other folks that are kind of being... Hostages. Yeah, that you were hostages. And when Spidey finally gets there, you distract certain guards so that they won't see Spider-Man, rip them up and tie them to the wall. And I was like, is he actually really tying them up there or is that just for effect? You look up on the ceiling and there's like 20 guards <laughs> just hanging there. I was like, that is brilliant. That is it's so good. It's the little details. It's, it was so, so good. Um, I will say like graphically, the character models weren't anything to write home about necessarily. Yeah. But their attention to detail and clearly their love of Spider-Man as a character, they did not miss any beats there. Yeah. I thought it was so perfectly done. I thought it's a, I think it's a perfect superhero game. I think they the way they ended it with not only Spider-Man, of course, being still alive and everything like that, mm-hmm. but Miles Morales, spoiler alert, having Spider-Man powers now too. And then you see Harry Osborn. I'm assuming he went into a lab and that was well, that was Harry, right? That was his son. Yeah, because spoilers again, I guess. Um, his, uh, his son had some genetic disease, which his mom had died from. So... Um, he was suffering that, and basically throughout the course of the story, um, they were talking like he wasn't there because he had gone away to like some secret um, place in Europe to get treatment or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the post-credit scene is basically he's actually in like a Bacta tank or like whatever Vader is. Yeah, and he's right. like has tubes and he's like almost in stasis, where his dad was like, "Yeah, I'll." find something to get you cured mm-hmm. and it like it really points to green goblin is it green or the hop because i think the hobgoblin 
and again, I'm by no means a comic book nerd. I don't know much about comics. Green Goblin was the hey, Spider-Man one, the original, and that was which was the father. Yeah, that was Norman, and then I think Hobgoblin was uh, Harry trying to get revenge for Spider-Man killing killing his dad. He ended up killing himself. When I think, yeah, when I think of Hobgoblin, I think of a level forty-two enemy in Ruins. <laughs> Add that really to the list cr- of things to talk to Karen about. <laughs> yeah, she's really crappy drops. Uh, but no, I really loved it. Again, I'm still kind of going through and doing all the different like thug mission crimes. Yeah. And then also the, what are those orange dots? Those, the, uh, challenge mission, the challenge missions. I'm doing some of those. Yeah. So basically I think I'm 93% done. That's literally what I am. So we're probably like the same place. Yeah. So I have just the upper half of the map to do, um, those crimes. Yep. And then I have a few strongholds. Or like those bases, some of the sable outposts. Sable outposts are hard. Are really hard. Yeah, because there's like five waves, and even if you stealth take out the whole first wave, someone sees you, and then man, hell breaks all, hell breaks loose. It's yeah, it's just crazy. trying some of those like back to back hits. Like even those like buff dudes, they can three hit you in a row, mm-hmm. and like you're three hit dead. And not only that, you have these freaking Cybertron dudes flying in the air with jetpacks, like shooting red lasers at you. Yeah, so those are hard. So that's kind of what is standing in my way. I have some side missions, and then I have the challenges. Okay, yeah. So I think I'll probably <clears throat> finish that out over the next couple of days, and then... Um, I also bought the DLC, but I didn't start that yet. Yeah, I'll probably wait until that's on sale, and maybe like two to three months go back to that. Because I think I would... My liking of the game would go downhill as far as like a game of the year placement. Yeah. If I went right to the DLC just because I feel No, yeah, I wouldn't. I'd out. definitely take a break. Yeah. Even like now. Yeah. Like I would take a break. Well, here's the thing with that because I am burnt out right now, but I only have a few. I must push on. Well, that's how I feel because I'd put so many different games in last night. I'm like, oh, let's try this one. Let's try this one. Let's try this one. And every time I'm like, God, Rusty, just go back and finish the crimes. And then I play the crimes for like 30 minutes and I'm like, oh, I'm done with this. You know, <laughs> so, but finally I just got to a point where I was just like, I'm just going to do the crimes. I only have a little bit left and then I'll jump into Dragon Quest Builders or The Witcher or something. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Also, when uh, we were on vacation, I played Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. So, a couple episodes ago, I think I talked about the Gentleman's Challenge, which is on the successor to Pete's Game Room Forum that's currently on Discord. And Zach, my buddy, he kind of is the administrator, if you will, for that. He kind of oversees it. He pairs everyone up, and I got paired with someone who challenged me to play the original Metal Gear Solid and Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. And so from our flight from here to... Well, we threw, we flew to LA, then we flew to Anchorage and... I think we took another flight in between all that, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Seattle, <laughs> Seattle. I think we flew to yeah. Seattle. Um, God, that was a long day. I played six and a half hours of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on the DS. Yep. And I really enjoyed the Game Boy Advance game. It was so fun replaying it, especially the music, all of the humor. It's super witty. The writing is really, really clever and well done. And just the time button presses uh, and the turn-based combat is makes for a really fun experience. The problem I have with these Mario and Luigi games is that they always overstay their welcome. Yeah. I have Mario and Luigi Dream Team on the 3DS. I actually have the special edition console, 
because my original blue teal 3ds kind of broke and or the save feature didn't work or something so i got a new one and it was the dream team 3ds that i got and that game is like over 50 freaking hours that's crazy and the main mechanic with that game is luigi kind of falls asleep and has all these wacky little different powers that you have to use and I just felt like every five hours he gets a new ability and then you spend five hours with that new ability and then five hours later, just rinse and repeat. For 10, 10 cycles. For 10 cycles. And you do the same thing with Superstar Saga. Like, I got to a point playing on my 3DS where I almost felt like in those six hours I got further than I did when I was a kid. Um, because when I was a kid, like I'd be in the same area for six hours you know, before I moved on to the next. And yeah. this one, I was just powering through. I ended up hitting like the 10 hour mark and this game is like 15 to 20 hours and I still don't think I'm going to finish it just because there's just all these unnecessary plot twists that it's like, oh, don't even worry about it. Here's a random plot twist that'll give you five more hours of gameplay. Like if these games were 10 hours a piece, I think they would really be fun, enjoyable, tight knit little experiences. Yeah. But how long they are, it's just like, gosh, this is just too much. So then you're going to finish the Solid Snake one? I don't think I'll finish that either. You're um, really doing good on this challenge. Yeah, so I'm going to be, uh, what do they call the people that don't uh, forget? You're a gentleman, of course, if you finish the games. You're something. I can't remember the what they label you as. Not a good person. Pretty much. Um, I just didn't have a good experience playing Metal Gear Solid. I can see why. Because you also couldn't save. I couldn't save, so I lost two hours of progress. Then I didn't pick up an item that I needed to, so I lost another two hours, th- that same two hours of progress. So I think I just need to... There's that much missable stuff? Yeah. Wait a year or something like... Well, then someone said, oh, Rusty, you don't actually have to do that. You can just throw a smoke grenade and actually see where the lasers are. And I'm just like, gosh, like I don't need the game to hold my hand, but good Lord, like, at least... Tell me something so I don't keep restarting the game when I don't need to. Yeah. Um, I totally get it why the game is held in such high regards, why we have like six Metal Gear Solid games, but getting over the hump of the first game is going to take some time. Yeah. I want to. I really do because I want to see the progression from one all the way through Phantom Pain, but it's just not right now that okay. I'm going to play it, so... Then I also, because I was tired of Superstar Saga, played Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn on the 3DS. Of course, a port, remake, if you will, of the the Wii game. And it is so adorable. Yeah. It's beyond cute. And having played this, um, and having so recently played Yoshi's Crafted World, I realized how much more care... Nintendo put into Epic Yarn than they did Crafted World. Really? Oh my gosh. World design is incredibly unique and varied in Epic Yarn. Each new world that you go into and then each individual level that you go into within that world is completely different than the next. You get all of these really interesting and fun little unique curvy powers, whether you turn into um, a motorbike or whether you turn into a little UFO Whatever it is, everything is just so well done and unique. The music is so memorable and cute and adorable. Um, beginning to end, it's just a better game than Crafted World. Even though I love Yoshi more than Kirby, mm-hmm. they're both cute characters and yeah. I love them. But um, from a platformer and just 
care and development, Epic Yarn just takes the cake. Yeah, I might have to get back into that. And I also still have to play Planet Robobot. So there's three Kirby games on the 3DS, at least platformers. There's Triple Deluxe, which is excellent. I played that in college. There's the port of Epic Yarn, and then there's Planet Robobot. There's a couple other ones that I think are weird little mini games, but I think those are the three strictly platformers. Okay. And I heard Planet Robobot from some. They say it's the best between that and Triple Deluxe. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. Triple Deluxe is really good. You collect these little keychains that are super cute. Oh. It's a great little game. But, but yeah, those are the games that I've been playing recently. I'm looking forward to kind of figuring out what I want to play next. Probably going to end up being either The Witcher 3 or um, Dragon Quest Builders, but probably more on that next week, I suppose. Yeah. Dude, I forgot how hard it is to talk for extended periods of time. Welcome back. It's been five hours. I've taken a nap. Rusty's taking a nap. <laughs> and Ryan's <laughs> drinking more coffee. But seriously, yeah, so no. I wanted this episode to be like three hours to make up for our lost time. And hey, it's episode 50. We should do something really special for you guys. But again, this is a mediocre podcast. We're not supposed to be doing <laughs> yeah. great things for you people. Uh, isn't this episode good enough? My gosh, it's an hour and 36 minutes. But what we're going to do now is talk about The Lion King, yes. the remake, directed by John Favreau. And Spoilers ahead. He did The Jungle Book originally. Mm-hmm. I think he was working on these two movies simultaneously. And Both once really well done. He was able to get this different technology. He was able to, of course, render and CG the animals that you see in The Lion King, which are truly breathtaking. I think it's like watching the National Geographic channel many times. Um yeah, we're going to jump right into it. Um, again, you know Mufasa dies. There's nothing like new to this story necessarily. It's really just the creative differences they took with some of the dialogue and things that happen in the story that either don't happen in this new one or just happen differently. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of dissect it, dig into it. What are our thoughts? What are our final scores? If you want to know absolutely nothing about this movie before you see it, please just come back to this episode later or don't. We're not going to be offended. And... Yeah, just prepare yourself because I don't want you to ruin this experience. Um, Certainly with it being as special and close to home as it is for me, growing up watching this movie with my sister as many times as we did, I wanted to make sure that like no one talked to me about it. Yeah. And even seeing the kind of mediocre reviews going in, um, I didn't want to read too much into those to figure out why. So, Ryan, what did you think about this movie? I thought it was good. Um, It it is not the original, Mm -hmm. and the original is amazing. Um. But it was well done. Um, the animations for all the animals and how unique like each one of their ticks or each one of their movements are, like you said, it's very much like watching National Geographics. Mm-hmm. Um, dialogue was fun, playful. I don't think there was anything that didn't, like jokes that didn't miss. Or didn't hit. No, I don't or think there hit. really was either. Um, there were a few scenes, and this is, I don't know, again, I am a unhealthily obsessed with the original. So I was going into this with a rather critical eye when I was watching particular scenes that I've watched quite literally possibly a thousand times. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt like the line delivery at some points wasn't really on point. Yeah. Um, And it was hard not to compare to the original. Yeah, because I watched the original the night before and there a lot of the script is quite literally the exact same. Yeah. And I felt like some of the dialogue in this, even though it was a longer movie, almost feels like rushed. Like they say the lines too quick and there isn't enough of like an emotional response from the audience to say like, let me digest what was just said. 
Or like right after Be Prepared. Like that abrupt, kind of abruptly ended. Yeah. Um, um, because that scene in, of course, the original is like Nazi hyenas marching. Yeah, and I was, I was going into it because I really love that song. Um, I was curious how they're going to do the goose stepping and things and mm-hmm. like get away from that because that was probably one of my favorite songs in the entire movie, the mm-hmm. original. Um, they just didn't do it, yeah. which obviously. Yeah, and you know. But it was kind of more of a like a, a speech opposed to a song, like it, full it background. Was. Yeah. And of course, I can't wait to be king in the original. It's super trippy and psychedelic, and you have all these animals hopping on top of each other, and then there's this giant crumbling Zazu's under the hippo's butt or whatever it is. Um, and in this one, I don't want to completely spoil it, but I think the direction they took it to make it more realistic was fantastic. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Um, and that's also um has a lot to do with the childhood actors who played Simba and Nala. I thought they both knocked it out of the park from a, um, just like being the voice of those two little lions, but also their singing voices. Like they've got some pipes. Yeah, they do. And so I thought that was really good. And with baby Simba being as cute as he was, like how they rendered his little, the little lion, um, you kind of have to have a cute young boy voice kind of voicing Simba. And I thought they picked just, like, the perfect little guy. Yeah. I mean, because he was just... You could tell that he put a lot of passion into it. And you could tell that he probably did his, his homework and he watched the original a lot. Because um, while you can see similarities, he really made the character his own. And I appreciated yeah. that. And I like the kid Simba opposed to uh, adult Simba a lot more. Because he was almost British. I did not like Donald Glover's performance of adult Simba. I love... Matthew Broderick's voicing of the original because um, the contrast between Mufasa, who is, of course, voiced by um, James Earl Jones, versus Matthew Broderick Broderick in the original, he has much more of a calming, soothing, it's not really aggressive type tone. Um, Well, I guess James Earl Jones' voice is, but it's not as deep and, you know, scary almost. And verbose. uh, In this one, not that Donald Glover's voice is in anywhere in comparison to James Earl Jones'. Um, but I just don't think he was cast correctly. Yeah. I mean, Donald I think it's because he was popular at the time. Yeah, he's popular at the time. The guy can sing. He's an artist. He's a musical recording artist. Yeah. So it made sense, you know, when you're putting Beyonce in the shoes of Nala to kind of have a similar type person with similar, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, things you're good Vo- at. Yeah. Vocal range. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. Um, and so the only line, and this is going to sound pretty bad, the only line that I was like, damn, he really nailed that, was at the very end when he is talking with Scar at the top. It's raining and everything. And he says, how can I pay it back to you, Simba? And he says, run, run away and never return. Yeah, the way I, he I delivered did. that, I was like, wow, you crushed that. you know, Because that's the way Scar said it to Simba in the gorge. He mm-hmm. really needed to kind of replicate that. And the person who played Scar in this one, I thought, did a great job. And so he needed to kind of mirror that performance. And that's really the only line where I felt he did super well. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I thought Beyonce did a good job. I think she did, too. Yeah. I mean, my only complaint there is that she was very Beyonce when she was singing. I thought, um, like can, vibrato. You, can you feel the love tonight? She was like, la, 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 la. It's just like, just sing the note. Don't, you know, go all like yeah. different octaves. No, I definitely agree. 
I was um, complaining about that at the lunch table on Friday. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, I understand you're Beyonce and you're an amazing singer, but you don't have to. You yeah. Know. And then they gave her one song as like a nod to like, hey, Beyonce's in here. But one of my coworkers brought up the point that there are a lot more songs that Nala has in the Broadway opposed to in the movie. Yeah. So it's potentially one of the songs that was in the Broadway musical opposed to the original movie. Oh, okay. So Wait, that's a possibility. Are you talking about Spirit? The one when Simba starts running back? With Nala, yeah. Because I think that was an original. Is it? I thought it was. I could be completely wrong because I yeah, haven't seen Yeah, she brought Broadway. that up because she saw the musical and I was yeah. like, I didn't know that. So, so I bought the album on iTunes about a week before we saw it, which in hindsight, I wish I wouldn't have done specifically because of Akuna Matata. There's a moment in that song that they they changed from original to this one where can I spoil it? I mean I guess you, we've already warned into, we've already So when they're talking back and forth and they're telling the story of Pumbaa and he says when he was a young warthog and he, you know and then yeah. he says he could clear the savanna what after every meal and then he says I'm a sensitive soul I seem thick-skinned and then Pumbaa keeps talking about how he kind of cleared the savanna and then he says every time that I when the original Nathan Lane's Timon says, Pumbaa, not in front of the kid. Yeah. It means no worries, and they carry out the song. And this one, Seth Rogen's, Rogen's like, his Pumbaa says, every time that I farted, are you not going to, you know, <laughs> stop me? And then Timon's like, no, you disgust me, you know? And it's just this this back-and-forth banter that yeah. I really appreciate. I think that was in one of the commercials. Was it? In one of the trailers, so it... Probably would have been spoiled regardless. Yeah. Um, I was actually, there was on Instagram, they were showing like the people recording the, all the songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I listened to like one, it's just a snig, snippet mm-hmm. of it. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want to spoil any of this. Yeah. Um, so in hindsight, I kind of wish I didn't do that. Um, I mean, it no way ruined my enjoyment of the movie necessarily. Um, but one of my other like nitpicky things, and then we can kind of really just get into overall thoughts, uh, was Rafiki. I thought he was emotionless. I thought he was in no way a standout character in this when no. he is at the very forefront of the original. He's batshit crazy in the original. He yes. sings some random coconut song when he encourages Simba to go back. And then he... Adamana coconut or like yeah. hot banana or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something <laughs> stupid. And then Simba's like, get out of here, you crazy monkey. And then... He says, who are you? He's like, no, Simba, who are you? And he's like, oh, he's wacky. Mm. Yeah, he's basically Yoda. And speaking of Yoda, he provides some very great wisdom or imparts some wisdom in the original when the he sage. says he whacks on his head and Simba says, ow. And he's like, oh, yes, the past can't hurt Simba. But the way I see it, you can either learn from it or run from it. And then that takes his stick. That and shit's then, like, never talked it. about in this movie. Yeah. That dialogue never happens. And it's like, then why is Simba going back? I understand well, he saw the cloud. His father says, remember who you are, accept your place in the circle of life, the whole nine. I get it. But like that that dialogue is so critical in the original. Well that and the when Mufasa dies where he's crying for help and he says anybody yeah. to end that line. And I was like waiting for it. Because he like curls up with I didn't Mufasa. cry when Mufasa died in this. Yeah, I, I know I knew it wasn't, but I was like hoping for that anyone. And then he like curled down, and, like even if he said anyone, like that kind of that thing. That would have put me over the edge because when he comes to his dad, he's like, Dad, wake up. He's like, Somebody help. 
And then nothing happens because in the original he says, anybody. It's like this last sigh of like, no one's going to show up, but please someone show up anyways. Yeah. And the the anybody always got me. What got me in this one. So I cried in the beginning when the song started, the sun rose. And our theater cheered afterwards. And baby Simba was born. I also cried when he was waking his dad up and he gave him the everything the light touches speech. (laughs) Yeah. And then I was really like tear like waterworks for days after he disobeys his dad goes to the elephant graveyard he has the talk with him and he says to his dad like we're gonna be pals forever right you're gonna be here forever and then he's like yeah son well he gives him this like the circle of life speech but when he when simba said that i'm like fuck you can't you can't do this to me right now knowing full well that like the next scene he's gonna die yeah that that was so hard to watch and then when he actually died it didn't really affect me because like yeah that one word wasn't that one word would have like i would have lost it like you know but yeah i don't know there was just missed opportunity in this movie um in a number of different places that for some they might just like oh it's no big deal rafiki's doesn't do what he said in the previous yeah i you i guess we both went in knowing that it wasn't going to be as good as the original yeah um so my expectations were kind of tempered a little bit. I did like spoilers. The the hula dancing for Timon and Pumbaa in the that, original. Yeah, in the original, and that was replaced with a uh, a call towards Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Uh, be our guest. When Lumiere he says be he, when he has like all the little French stuff in the beginning, and then he says be ah get, and he doesn't even get guessed out. Because yeah, and then, then they the just hyenas, run off. Yeah. and he's like. I think Lauren was like, they own the rights to that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is funny because the whole theater like erupted in laughter and was just like kind of cheering like, yes, that just, that makes sense. Why not do something like that? Um, I mean, it's like they broke the fourth wall of Disney almost, you know? So I thought that was kind of cool. I mean. Or like uh, there was one line where it wasn't Kuna Matata. It was the other song that they sang. No, no, it was Kuna Matata. And then like, What's his Pumbaa was like, dude, you grew 400 pounds over the song. <laughs> well, Donald Glover's like, let's keep going, let's sing another verse. And Timon's like, no, let's we've given them enough, let's let let's leave them wanting more. And then Pumbaa's like, yeah, bro, he's like, you've gained 400 pounds since the beginning of this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying that Timon, who's voiced, voiced by Billy um, Eichner, and Pumbaa, who's voiced by Seth Rogen, completely steal the show, they do like. They're the main attraction. I mean, 100%. I feel like every scene with them was perfect, pretty much, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Seth Rogen has a very specific voice. And, like, I was afraid that I was going to see him, like, yeah. the actor. But I'm like, dude, he totally fits. Oh, like a totally stoner fit. pig. Yeah, like, I mean, he, he fit the part so well. And then, like, the young pig during that song. With oh, the, gosh. Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Yeah. They, like, cut to the... Uh, watering hole when he was a kid and talking about be, uh, farting and it shows a little baby pumba and he's just adorable he's so cute <laughs> and then they're like he shits out a frog yeah because he <laughs> farts into the water and the frog like goes flying <laughs> yeah. uh yeah so anyone that sees it i mean the attention to detail in this movie is it's really the next level here yeah. I mean, in terms of rendering real life stuff you know and I'm kind of spent, as much as I am on Marvel, I'm kind of spent, I think, like you on live-action remakes of old Disney movies. Yeah, I I don't know if I'll see Mulan. I 
there's another one. What's the other one? Well, there's Maleficent 2. There's The Little Mermaid that's coming out. I, I probably won't see these in theaters. Yeah. If they come to Netflix, I'm not going to buy the Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Like, if they come to Netflix, I'll watch it. But, like, I'm not going to probably see Yeah, you're those. not first in line. Like, Mushu, he, I doubt they're going to have... What's, what was the voice actor? Eddie Murphy. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. If like, he reprises if he, his If he role. does the Phoenix yeah. or whatever the animal spirit is going to be. That would be awesome because he made the movie the same way like Timon and Pumbaa. You have to have some comic relief. Yeah. But. Yeah, overall, um, okay, wait, there's one last nitpicky thing that probably wouldn't work with real life animals and I get that, but it still pissed me off because I would have cried during this scene too if it happened. One of my favorite moments in the original Lion King is when Simba comes back just after defeating Scar. Mm-hmm. And he gives Rafiki, well, he, first of all, he reunites with his mom. He reunites with Nala. They hug or whatever. Or not hug, but do whatever lions do. The little face touching. Yeah. And he looks at Rafiki, and Rafiki kind of like points to the Pride of Rock, and he says, you need to take your place as king. And he walks up to Rafiki, and Rafiki bows. And then Simba grabs him with his paw and pulls him in for a hug. And it's just like this little moment where the music starts picking up, and then it's... In slow motion, in the original, he starts walking up, and that song's playing in this orchestra and choirs singing, and then the clouds part, and Mufasa says, remember, whatever. That moment would have been so much different, for me at least, if he would have grabbed Rafiki and hugged him, because he didn't do that in this one. Yeah, but they didn't build up the Rafiki character, so we didn't have the emotional connection. I know, the Rafiki, the whole part, the whole bit just really pissed me off. Yeah. And then also... It was pretty unrealistic. One lion versus like fifty with like Mufasa going out like oh, a, a pack of like hyenas. fifty hyenas. Yeah, like I was watching them. This guy on the history or um, National Geographic's commentate, and it was like six or seven hyenas versus one lion, and they're basically like this lion's fighting for his life and he's gonna die. Mm-hmm. And then the second one comes in, and then it's like an equal fight, and the hyenas leave. But like. 50 versus one lion, like, they would have broken every bone. I think it's less about, well, yeah. No, 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 it was just, it was like me watching that. I'm like, wow, that's pretty unfair fight right there. (laughs) Yeah, but I think, again, it's less about, like, what they could have done and more just, like... Respect of Mufasa. Not even respect, they're just terrified of him. Yeah. Um, He was a big, like, he had a really round face. And, like, it was cool to see the mirroring in Simba. Like his main full and everything mm-hmm. versus Mufasa's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and James Earl Jones, man, 88 years old and still kicking, did a hell of a job voicing the yeah. character. Certainly you can tell he's aged, but I thought during the scene when he came through the clouds and... It sounded like When Simba same. didn't want to go back, that sounded like beat for beat, the original, for the most part. I mean, you could tell it was still newly recorded uh, voice, mm-hmm. but man, he sounded so great. Yeah. So... Overall score, what would you give this, knowing full well that I think we both would rank the original at like an 11? Probably like 8. See, I'd say like 7, 5, yeah. 8. I think, I think I ranked it at on Friday at like 7. Mm-hmm. But like what it did good, it did good. Yeah. Or it did well. Mm-hmm. But what it did bad or like the missing of Rafiki is kind of at least a point down yeah itself i think so too um i think some of the criticism the movie's been receiving has been overly negative i know i've been very nitpicky today certainly 
But people just saying things like, the original was great, this one shouldn't exist. Like, just some really overly critical points that I'm just thinking like, listen, it's inevitable. Disney is a machine. They're going to keep pumping these out. This is one of the greatest Disney classics. Yeah, I want to say it's a copyright thing to keep the rights of Lion King in the studio is why they're making these. Well, sure, but I mean... Like, you have to either Licensing rights aside, I mean, as far as... I think that's why they're pumping out one of each. For, like, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Maleficent, like, all of them. I think it's for copyright. Oh, that that very well may be. I'm just saying from a um, a reviewer standpoint, someone that's super hipster living in New York reviewing these movies. Oh, uh, they need to sh- shut that's, up. That's saying like, this is ridiculous. This movie shouldn't exist. Is is it's over the top? Yeah, yeah. It's the internet being the internet. Very hyperbolic. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing it at least one more time in the theater, and certainly buying it when it comes out. On and Blu-ray. we saw it in 3D, just to put that out there. Yeah, so. and I don't think in any way, I don't want to say it in any way doesn't enhance the experience, because with 3D movies nowadays, they provide more depth perception, mm-hmm. and they do actually things coming in your face like the Avatar movie, um, and some of the you know 2009-10 movies that went over the top with 3D. I think it's much more depth perception. So yeah. when they're walking through the fields, you kind of see the pollen and things like that flying through the air a little bit better. And that's kind of neat. Yeah. But if it's breaking your bank, don't go out of your way to see it in 3D. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. I, no, I wasn't nauseous or anything because of it. No. It didn't go crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was good. Well, I think that's a show, Ryan. Yeah. We want to thank the listeners again. One, for listening to this episode, but also the past 49 episodes because... Ryan and I, uh, this was definitely an undertaking for us, and it's certainly a commitment to kind of get together, record every week, kind of plan what we're going to talk about, and then, I mean, editing's a breeze at this point. It's got to have it down to a science, but um, it took a while to learn the ropes, but it was certainly worth it. I love the community of people that currently listen to the show. I hope more people will continue listening to the show, and we're looking forward to putting out more content and different stuff. Ryan and I actually, over some margaritas on the boat, came up with 14 different show ideas in the yeah. future. Um, so we at least have the next 14 episodes planned. Yes, we do. So something to look forward to. Hope you all will. Again, I would task you guys, if you want to, write in with some of your favorite moments from the past 49 episodes. Something one of us said, favorite episode title, just maybe favorite episode in general. It would be fun to hear from you guys. But Yeah, thanks for listening. It's, like Rusty said, it is not like a job but it's fun to get together mm-hmm. but it is a time commitment and i 50 episodes is crazy like if so you were to told me a year ago we'd still be recording episodes i'd be like okay we'll we'll see where we get yeah. like if people do people really want to listen to like two random dudes from air like southern area door yeah like talking about shit i would say probably not yeah yeah it's you guys are awesome odd to think and, about but yeah everyone that writes in the emails or just you know, replies to me on Twitter that they're enjoying the episodes. It's it's really appreciated more than you know. So thank you all so, so much. We hope to we see you. We love you. In 50 episodes when we make it to 100. That <laughs> shit ain't happening. All right. <laughs> thank you for watching. 100 episodes. That's, yeah. We'll see if people are still listening if to If we us. make it to 100, I think we need to do some kind of like live broadcast type thing. Yeah, face cam. Face Maybe, like app. look at our mugs. Yeah, Dude. that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, do something live. That, I don't know how that works, but we could. I mean, if we could get a computer that would record us enough or well, we could do it through Twitch. Mm. My laptop cannot run Twitch. 
Yeah, because it has a giant crack through the center of it. Or well, like not a, even that. It just glitch. doesn't have the power to do Twitch. But okay, uh, it might have to get a new laptop then. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya. We'll see you next week. Thank you.